Blog Talk Radio. Dudes to 
seven. What else in hell? Can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools. Even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns? Press one to everyone else. Thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are. Peace, peace, peace to you and yours, peace to you and yours. This is No Less Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. This is your host, Brother Blue Pill, right? Going to be joined by my co-host, Brother Red, in a little while. Okay, welcome back, family. KTL Radio. All right, we have a phenomenal, wonderful, powerful episode in store for you tonight, KTL Radio, in conjunction with KTL Empowerment presents How to Beat the Electronic Mob in the 21st Century, featuring our brother Michael Singleton. All right? Chat room is open, family. One second. Yes. Chat room is open. Going to announce some tweets. Update. Let me open up the line for the calls. Peace. Peace. Brother's line is open. I don't know where he is. Greg, you there? Peace, peace, peace. Yeah, yes, sir. Peace to the family. Welcome to Know the Less Radio. You are now rocking with the best. This is your co-host, the Brother Red Pill. Live and direct. What's going on? So we're back in the building. All right, family. Uh, put the post up. Share these links. The numbers are kind of light right now. Started off a little late. Um, so the family can send out a tweet. Update the post. Put it on your Instagram. Take the statuses. Do what needs to be done. A nice fly attached to tonight's program. Very provocative advertising. All right? Check us out. Let the family know that you are here rocking with the best. Okay? Say it again? You. What's good with you? Oh, man. Everything is good. Um... I'm at the National Black Dead in Harlem at the uh, Money Making Tuesday presentation. We uh, just had a brother, uh, our brother Beasley from Smack DVD franchise. Uh, okay. Brother, one of the owners of the brand Smack DVD. Oh, yeah. I know that brother from somewhere, man. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Um, brother did a good presentation, and um, I did an interview with him speaking about uh, brand, brand recognition, building your brand, being able to adapt with the uh, times and technology. We spoke about the rise 
of Smack D or the the rebirth of Smack DVD or the rebranding of Smack DVD and how the advantage of um, the example that they have, how it's easy to build on it is because they grew up in front of many of our faces, many of us who are the hip-hop generation. We follow Smack from the DVD era all the way into the Internet era. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm going to tell you that the other day. I want to do the, um, make sure you get an interview with Smack, my dude. Yeah, I'm going to get that. I just spoke to Beasley about that, you know. We go back. We did some classic. I was at some classic. Um, I was at the BMF interview with him in Miami that he put on. It, it really was like that. That went very viral. We were on the roof together, you know what I'm saying, with Meech and all of them. In the beginning of that whole movement and whatnot, doing our journalism work, and uh, it was it was definitely an eye-opening experience. Yeah. Me, me and Smack came in the game together when I was doing my newspaper. He actually came in with at that time was recognized as a digital newspaper. Okay, Smack TV, Smack Smack DVDs at that time was recognized as a digital newspaper. You know, funny enough, before the internet. You know what I'm saying? It was only DVDs and 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 you know and hard print, which was and nobody else was doing no print. Nobody was doing newspapers. Well, All hip hop was the ones that came in with internet media by way of the two way pages. They were doing alerts, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's pretty much the lanes, the three lanes that, that started things off in regards to hip-hop media, alternative hip-hop media outside of what the source, the source was offering at the time. You know, shout out only, to them. Only, yeah, the only publication, the only <laughs> rag, there was, um, was two of them. It was XXL and the source that had... Yeah, XXL, right. Double XL and the source. Yeah, double XL, they, to, they washed the source up, right? Yeah, and I wanted to also just—it wasn't before they didn't—they weren't putting things out before the internet. It was before Web 2.0, before the whole social media and things of that nature. That started blowing up because MySpace and stuff like that was out when Smack was out, and, and YouTube just launched. You know, but um, I will beg to differ. I will okay. beg to differ. All right. Black I mean, Planet might have been out. Yeah. Black Planet, Smack yeah, was Black out Planet. when we were out with the newspaper. We came out in 2001. Smack oh, was there okay. on he the scene okay. doing his thing. He was the first one recording interviews and putting them on. There might have been somebody else, you know, that didn't make a cut at that particular time, but he was the one who stood out. Smack was that dude in regards to, uh, yeah. Cataloging so, that level of history. Yeah, so we're gonna do an interview with him. I look forward to that. You know, I really, you know, I do I really, too. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I want I'm you to be there. Uh, to be part of that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot of the artists that you've interviewed in the past, and it's interesting that I'm coming across them. Um, I ran into my brother Brad, brother Brad, yesterday. You know, what I mean, affectionately known as Scarface, and um. You know, the reception was very uh, welcoming. Well, that's my Scorpion brother. But he was very, uh, he, he, you know, we're twins, so he thought I was you. And uh, the reception that he gave me, the, it was very uh, welcoming. You know, he was definitely yeah. open to build. And I look forward to uh, when we yeah. go to Texas, when we, make, when we make our stop in Texas, hopefully 
you know, do something with that brother because he is on the wave. He's on the frequency. He has a lot to say. He's the OG, the triple OG. A lot of our brothers and sisters from the southern region, Texas, to, uh, to be Texas more so than others, you know, they look up to that brother, you know what I mean, like uh, a Rock Kim and a Jay-Z and some other kind of, and then some other MCs mixed in one. You know, he holds a lot of weight. So back to what we were saying yeah. about being influential to those who are influential, yeah. you know, and I'll be able, we'll be able to speak to thousands upon thousands of youth, uh, young brothers, older brothers, OGs, and things of that nature by speaking through that brother, by having him convey the message and co-sign the message. And um, around the same time, I had the pleasure of uh, meeting Kumo D yesterday. Now, Kumo D, not only did he say that he was watching the YouTube, but he said that his next album, right, family, is going to be metaphysical. This is Kumo D. This is the Wild Wild West. This is three days later. Go see the doctor. Like, this is a legend. Like, this is the dude to battle LL. Facts. This is who Rakim, no, this is who Kane and a few other rappers, Jay-Z, Wayne, and some other people say were well, their idol because he had bars in, like, what was it, like, 90, 80 stone? Yeah, bars. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, nah, yeah, Kumo D was that dude. Let me, <laughs> let me, because you you bringing up history at this particular moment in time. Um, I remember the first rapper. I this might have been the first rapper that I saw like physically in the streets. Remember we was in Harlem. Y'all was debuting picture that you and um A A Rashid did. Yeah, the City College. Mhm. When I won the contest. Yeah. He was up in Sugar Hill, I think it was Sugar Hill, or 145th, up there somewhere in Harlem where y'all did the debut at for that mural. And I remember that he was on that back block. And I seen homie come through, and I was like, oh, shit. You know, his buzz was a little light. You know what I'm saying? He was a little buzz light at that time, but it still was, like, unreal. Unreal, right? You know, like I had to put it together like, hold on, this is real life, and I'm seeing a rapper. This is deep. And I remember, you know, that was like a real nostalgic moment seeing Kumo D, and he had on, you know, he had on his uniform, you know what I'm saying? Like how we used to seeing him, you know what I'm saying, uh, with the glasses and everything and, and the hat and all that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Slide in a satellite. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slide in the satellite. Yeah, you know, I remember he had like all blues on. I'm telling you, and everything. Yeah, I need to speak to one of our Cosmo physicians, you know, and um, some other brothers who chart the stars because this week alone has been nostalgia week. You know what I'm saying? Like this week alone, it's like. I think some of my old planets have been colliding with my newer planets because I'm seeing people from my, you know, my, my, my future's past. This shit is like an episode of the X-Men going on these days. And by seeing Kumo D and you just saying that, we speak about time being centrifugal and not linear and going in circles and whatnot. So we're speaking about full cycles, family. 
ever since that 777 on that stage where he gave that God chain back, you know what I mean, to the God at Jay Electronica, ever since those three sevens lined up, been a lot of nostalgic and interesting things taking place, man, you know, a lot of things taking place. Um, I had the pleasure of going to the old school concert, as a matter of fact, yesterday, with Kumo D was performing, Roxanne Chante, Rob Bass, uh, rest in peace to Easy Rock, and Biz Marquis, the diabolical one. Oh, come on, oh, come on, Biz, <laughs> go off. But most importantly, the, the, the illest artist in the whole yeah. yeah, the, the illest artist in the whole building was that Brooklyn crowd, huh? That Brooklyn crowd, when huh? like, oh yeah, like turn up. Huh? So we 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 recorded that, you know, we definitely was able to record that. We got some politicians. There's a uh, a melanated, uh, I like to call a, a melanated um, city councilman by the name of Eric Adams. Just running, you know, yeah. they, they have, he has he has some uh, some he holds some sway in the in the county of Kings in Brooklyn. He was up there. He was up. There. No, yeah, I mean the, the the Brooklyn Borough County President is the person that's responsible for putting together, you know, or managing. He resides over the um, Wingate Park series, because that Wingate Park series was actually started by Marty Markowitz. And exactly. he um, filled that role. Again, this is a nostalgic moment because this is a, a individual who Jackie asked me to help with his electioneering. She wanted me to help his uh, social media campaign. And, you know, I know all about uh, who Eric Adams was from 100 Black Men and everything like that. And I kind of you know, even when I was in media at that time, we covered a lot of events that were dealing, you know, the, the, the 100 black men in, in law or what have you, they would preside over these events. You know what I'm saying? These were supposed to be the quote-unquote good guys at a time when the NYPD was under much scrutiny. And here we go fast forward to 2014, and the NYPD is off the hook, and they can really use 100 black men in law enforcement or agent, you know what I'm saying, or a program. Or, or, you know, an organization like that to oversee what's going on because it's not, it ain't too many words to explain, you feel me, the the stuff that I'm seeing, the level of craziness um, that I'm witnessing is is just, I don't know what to say. I know what to say. You know what I'm saying? I I mean, I will say this. I I am, you know, outside of everything, you know, that, that we're seeing and, you know, I can say this and I can say that. I, I will say that I am disgusted with seeing posts by people that are making excuses for the police and, and you know, these boot-licking Negroes is talking about, y'all, why people getting in the police face, let them do their job. Like, there's so many police sympathizers out there. You feel yeah, me? There's so many people that... that they watch CSI. Huh? They stay watching CSI, and they think all of the cops are like LL Cool J and them. You know what I mean? And Ice T. They watching. Uh, they they just stay part of the. You know what I mean? It's the Matrix, man. They telling you to leave Agent Smith alone. So they're not looking at it like this is an open gang war. On you know what I mean? This is gang warfare, family. You know nobody. Well, I'm not saying nobody, but. People fail to draw the comparisons to an incident that happened in New York 
<clears throat> in the beginning of the summer were rather over in New Jersey with the execution of a police officer out there and then the blood saying that they were going to retaliate. And then immediately after that, the gang, the, the other blue, the blue gang in New York, the flying those colors, they, they completely went into overdrive right after that and started setting it off. You know what I mean? And now they have the people in a position where it's a provocateur. The, 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 you know, the air is very thick with provocateurism that they are just completely, and then the policies of stop and frisk were reinstated so there's no justification for stop and frisk. The reinstation, you know what I mean, the, to, to basically put them to work, you know, but there's an occupation that's taking place, an occupation similar to what's taking place in Palestine, but it's a soft takeover. You know what I'm saying? It's a soft occupation. It's not more. It's not the militant, in-your-face, apartheid, you know, kind of regime that you see in Israel but what you see with the regentrification in the police state of New York City and other big cities, it's a soft takeover. But they're, in, they, 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 they're settling in your land, on your, whatever, you know, they're settling in your neighborhoods, in your land, because you niggas used to kill for your own block. You're still doing it, but you won't wait with it. Don't y'all, don't y'all live your lives banging for your avenue and your street? You kill for your block. You know what I'm saying? But bobbing them from over, in, you know what I'm saying, they move over from, like, France on your block, and like, you know, they bring in the whole force with them. They got escorts to walk them up and down the block so they can walk poodles on your block. You know what I'm saying? But those escorts, those 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 police for hire, those those mercenaries, they're not standing post to protect you. They'll let everything go down as long before the the people who who have hired them as mercenaries, when they show up, they go in complete mode to help them out. When they're not there, they're just watching you to make sure that you don't get out of line whatsoever. So it's the occupation. So the same kind of brutality that was justified before the buildup of the whole Gaza, the Gaza genocide, what I was seeing taking place prior to that in the, in the months ensuing the, the, the um, invasion was what you're seeing over here. They were provoking them, smacking them up, beating them, choking them, shooting them imprisoning them. They put out a report on Rikers today, bro, man. Oh, my goodness. I feel sorry for the brothers and sisters that are still trapped in that whole recidivism, uh, going back and forth to prisons and whatnot, especially Rikers Island on New York. I went through that. It traumatized me. I went through that when I was 16 years old in 1993 when the first towers got hit. That's how long. You know what I mean? And I got to see firsthand for six months and witness and drink the damn uh, saltpeter, you know what I'm saying, and see for my own self the savagery that was taking place inside of Rikers Island, you know what I mean, the way that people were getting their face mutilated, cut up, robbed, stabbed up, you know what I mean, all kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying, all kind of stuff, how the, how the, how the COs had fight clubs and all that, you know. So the feds put out a report on Rikers, I, I suggest, our brothers and sisters go and read that, you know what I mean, and get some insight from an insider's view as to what's going on to your children because they're talking about the adolescents. They're talking about the brothers and sisters who are getting picked up during stop and frisk operations or stopping somebody for a, a roach and sitting, putting them in, in um, facilities you where they're murdered. The Bobby Smurders of the world? Smurders. It's Smurder season. Yeah, and it's definitely Smurder season out here. So on one flip side, you got the youth, because remember, smurting them 
Bobby Schmurn and them come out the same hood from the, the young crip that they laid down, right? When the police killed the young crip two, a year or two ago and East Flatbush erupted back then and they were wilding out. That's smurdering them. That's that's the young guards with the with the angst and the anger. You feel what I'm saying? Then on the other side of Flatbush, yeah. had the Beast Coast movement where the young guards were the indigos and they were waking up because they were eating the consciousness. So you have Flatbush zombies coming from East Flatbush. You got Bobby Schmurder coming from East Flatbush. You got Joey Badass and the Pro Era coming from East Flatbush. That's the move. You got Flatbush zombies coming out of East Flatbush. So there is a there's a youth movement going on right. I yo, son, I don't care what nobody say. That song runs New York, son. Like there's no, you know what I mean? It got me. Nah, that movie. beat is in Texas. That, that. that beat, yo. I was walking in the I street. Some, some young guy was playing it on his boombox on the iPod boombox. I'm walking behind him. I think felt like he was in the... I thought I was on World Star. I, was, I, was, I did the smarter. I said, do the smarter dance at the red light. Like, it just put me in my zone, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, they about to pop. I'm just saying that they're ready to pop. And the police is on a... They on a bully, yo. And it's gonna... It's a powder keg. Remember, Spike Lee did the 25-year anniversary of Do The Right Thing with the whole Dave Chappelle stuff. And, you know what I mean? And then they radio Raheem, my dude in Staten Island. You know what I'm saying? So we're talking about centrifugal cycles again. So this shit is like the whole Bensonhurst era rewinded again. It's the summer. It's the Spike Lee summer. You know, it's the, do the, it's the whole do the right thing. That's that's the build-up. You know, so we just out here doing the work, man. You know what I'm saying? We just out here doing what we could do, you know, I mean, for the family that's out here supporting us and y'all, 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 y'all understand what's going on, you know, and um, you're coming with your solutions or you're adding on, you know, I salute you, you know what I'm saying? Everybody that's coming uptown when they're visiting New York and they're stopping through 125th Street to shout me out, to shout Sarnet out, Sutek and all the brothers yeah. out that are out there, I want to say salute. Yo, Blue, I... I don't know if you you was out there before when I was in there. I think last year when I was in Miami, you was in New York. And um, I, I mean, you you have no you have no idea the amount of people who make that pilgrimage or that trek now to 125th Street to soak up the culture. You know what I mean? To be a part of that culture, to tap into, you know, um, what they see on on YouTube. You know, right. and to to and to send. And to give, you know, to give and to support. Like, I'm not going to lie, I get a lot of support from my brothers and sisters when they come in uptown. I want to salute everybody that has supported, you know what I'm saying, to come through, make sure that they, to make sure that they don't leave without a shirt or two. I had a brother come up there, he bought like five shirts, you know what I'm saying, just off the strength. He was like, he needed his whole week to be Kings County. He wants the whole closet, you know what I mean? So, you know, um, it, it helps. It helps. You know what I'm saying? It helps. It's not easy out there because we just we do we're not doing this for the population. We're doing this for a selected few. You know what I'm saying? We we we're not out there selling Harlem shirts and you know basic stuff for the tourists and and, and for the brothers and sisters that are matching things up. You know with their hats and their sneakers. We got stuff for them, but I'm just saying it's it's not it's not it's not mainstream like that. We got outfits for the gods and the goddesses and. We got clothes to celebrate your divinity and iconography to speak of your rich culture. And people love it. 
you know, the hood loves it. The youth is loving it. You know what I mean? Like the wave is definitely here. So it's a tsunami. Out, it's not a wave. Tsunami. Yeah, it's a straight tsunami. So yeah, so all of my brothers and sisters everywhere. It's not a New York thing. It's an everywhere thing. And um, you know, and very soon we are going to all be connecting in these different uh, areas where y'all are at. You know, we we we've been hard. We've been in Harlem really, really building on the importance of getting out there supporting this information and this knowledge, you know what I'm saying, and these products and these services to our brothers and sisters that are outside of the New York tri-state area because y'all deserve it at this point, you know. And um, yeah. we've all speaking about the urgency on KTL, on the Ledge, about utilizing this platform <clears throat> to bring you the same thing, this knowledge and this wisdom and this understanding and these powerful scholars and everything that they have to offer to the family in the form of, you know, the KTL University um, platform, you know what I'm saying, taking this thing into a level where we're mixing the empowerment and the university aspects of what it is that we do to begin to speak directly, okay, to our students. Speak directly to the audience members who are ready to take up this information and apply it and make it work for themselves. So tonight's show is very important yeah. to us. It is the beginning of, you know, um, many shows that we're going to be doing that is going to introduce the platform that is being built in real time as we speak. So um, I feel honored to have our brother come back, you know what I mean, our brother Michael Singleton, he is responsible for the resurgence of um, a lot of what you see going on right now. He's responsible. He's one of the wave starters. You know, he definitely came with that empowerment platform, the Feeder Matrix platform, the uh, crowdfunding platform, the consultation that he was able to give us. It's, it's, it's you know, it's making things happen. It's making things happen. And, you know, y'all lucky. You know what I'm saying? That's all I got to say. The family is definitely lucky because I am tapped into a lot of Internet marketing platforms and and other places. And to hear brothers like Michael drop this information, you're going to pay. It's not no free webinar. They don't do conference calls where they give it up like that. Like that. this is the Hilton. This is the Marriott. Nah, this is the Marquise. Like this is five hundred ahead type type of thing. Not, not like really like real talk. This is a three day seminar, and you gotta pay. And you know this. Any anybody on the phone that hears these shows and y'all know what the brother brings to the table, you automatically notice. It's, it's 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, at what point are we going to get real about the valuing of information? Like, take for instance today. Night show was supposed to be paid to the degree. You know what I'm saying? That brother said, look, I want to get paid for my services. My shit is prophetic. There's nowhere else that you can go and point to the shows, you know, yeah, they got other people decoding. That's not KT to the degree. When he comes and he does his decoding, you see shit shift in the world in these whole movie arenas. You know what I'm saying? When we talk, things move. I'm not going to call myself a prophet, but I will say that the shit that we talk about is prophetic. Friday show, I already told you what was happening in New York City with this Ebola scare and all of a sudden what happens in New York City. Now, I'm not talking about it no more because now 
instead of taking the information and valuing it for what it was and people preparing, now it's, oh, well, maybe you're starting it. Maybe it's because, no, nigga, don't blame me. I'm trying to save you from this shit with information so you can empower yourself and prep yourself. But one better, I'm not even going to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to talk about it. I'm going to focus on things that we need to focus on. And our concentration is KTL University. Brother KT said the lecture is ready, it's prepared to go. But he's been endowed with this information and this skill. His skills should be able to pay the bills. The brother got five children. Can't he be compensated for his information? You're going to take his information and better your affairs. You're going to go on Facebook and sound deep. You know what I'm saying? You might even pull a shorty for it. You're going to be at the water cooler sounding all cool and shit. You're going to do whatever you choose to do with the information. You know what I'm saying? You pay to go see the fucking movie. Hold on. You pay to go see the movie, but the decoding of the movie, which explains it should be free, that's the shit that I don't understand. You pay to see the movie. Even if you got it on bootleg, you pay for it. And if you did it and you just downloaded it, you're a cheap motherfucker. You don't deserve nothing. You patronized Hollywood. You went to see a spell. You sat down to get abused by white male supremacy. Now you want to get that shackle up off you. Now you want to get that, you want to shake the feeling. You want to get underneath it and decode it and shit. Well, somebody took time out and did that in a way in which it will never be done again. I don't care who you go and listen to. They don't do it like KT the off degree. He's a fucking legend. P. Kamani, K A M A N I, at Gmail is his PayPal account. KT. Kamani at Gmail.com. And that's not shaking the cup. It ain't begging. It's saying, look, honor my work, honor my skill level. I know what I'm talking about. I deliver every single time. He ain't put up no layup to miss. Not once, but you don't honor that. You don't value that family, and that's a problem. And that's making people feel very indifferent about sharing on these platforms, about coming forth with the information. You know what I'm saying? But I spoke on the behalf of the family, and I'm like, no, I know that there's family out there that honors the skill level, that honors your bill, okay? So now's the time to prove it. Go and hit that donate button on the PayPal. You know what I'm saying? Make it real so he can look at his children in their face with some dignity. You know what I'm saying? So he can look at his wife and her face with some dignity. Feel me? For a lot of us, it's too late. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's too late. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the dignity factor is already coming gone. But, you know, for others, yeah, it's a situation where they refuse to go down that route. They got mouths to feed. They have to have something that they can step back from and say, my time and my energy has been well afforded. You know what I'm saying? I didn't waste well, my time on the people, okay? Because when shit go down, you will not be there. Facts. Facts. I give you the law of 40, 40 drones come. You will not be there. Facts. You're just going to be like, oh, that brother was deep. It was alright. I, I be seeing 44s everywhere I go. So the fuck, yeah, why? What does it mean? Yeah, he dropped it. Yeah, okay. All right. All right? And then on another note, for all the emails we're getting about people asking us about the clinks, Buddha clinks, the, the program is coming. KTL University will be opening its doors very soon. All right? The brother's tightening up his presentation. 
All right? And based on what I saw yesterday with that video that you posted with Sidenetta on 125th Street, you know, asking the dubious question, who's more important in people's lives, Martin Luther King, I mean, Marcus Garvey, Malcolm X, or Jesus Christ, or I would say preference the white Jesus Christ, you know what I'm saying? And I even feel strange saying that shit. That's a problem. You know? Yeah. You're not going to be able to move forward, family, until you get this work. Until you are able to defragmentize and deprogram yourself from that picture, that white Jesus that sits in everybody's mind, and a center point, right, in the center of your room, in the center of your upper room, oh, until man. you are able they, to take that picture look. down, I, we was asking what you learn, what you think you know. You're gonna be stuck on stupid, huh? We was asking him the question. It was a white, a European, Caucasian, Albion, male, a drawing, not even like a depiction of who they know as Christ. It was an artist rendition. It's like, you know, like, like a sketch. These people was pointing and saying God. They didn't even it's say a God. Say God. So I was asking it's a God. Like, they say a God. picture. A picture of, of a European, man. Of a European man. A fragile as God, man. As if God is a man. God. As if God is a European man. Like, if our people are walking around with that perception or that concept of God, there's nothing that I that we, we need to just, I'm going to move to Brazil. I'm going to go move into a favela. I'm going to learn some Portuguese on uh, Rosetta Stone, and I'm hanging it up. I'm going to go chill with Lil Zay and him and his sisters, and then I'm going to just give up. Like, there's nothing that we could do with you at that point. You're gone. It's a wrap. It's game over. Like, it's no. finito. No. It's, no, yeah, it's, it's done. It's done. It's a, done. It's, a, it's a rentals. You're done. You're, you're cooked. If you thought that God was a man, and then he's a white man at that. So I asked one of the sisters, so is he like a, a white man on a cloud? She was like, yeah, I think he's on a cloud. And I was like, is his beard long and white? And she was like, that sounds like him. Yeah, that's what God looks like. Family. We got a lot of work to oh, do. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think that. That's what the brother said, that he's been trying to impart upon the audience from day one. And now you understand him. Now you're hearing him. Now you have the visuals to put in context. Go back and listen to the episode now. Every single thing in society stems from that story and that narrative. There's nothing outside of that story. Within the borders of that book, everything fits in that book. The truth be told, there will be no Marcus Garvey. Hold on. And there will be no Malcolm X without the original conception and contextual, uh, 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 you know, w- without Jesus Christ. You know what they it were saying? It would be on a little The majority of the family that was answering the that question. That story and that narrative had set up, you know, the whole premise for which those two men came forth. But what those two men are involved with is fixated and, and fixed within that story, you know. Back. They were revolutionaries. Bobby was a Christian. Malcolm mm-hmm. was a Muslim. Both of those stories edify Jesus Christ. And they right. don't make the distinction as to what kind of Christ. Okay? 
So the story that's presented, the picture that's presented, like I said, when you see the NBA, every time you say NBA, every time you look at the NBA, you're empowering the number 44. It's the same thing with Jesus Christ. Every time you say that word, see that name, or go, you know, the cross, yeah, yeah. That that picture is, you don't have an alternative picture. There's no standout picture of a quote-unquote black Christ. There's no standout picture that you have in your mind or in your home. You know what I'm saying? The fact that you even got to call him black Jesus means what? That he's white. Exactly. Exactly. Let's keep it real. Keep it on Let's keep it real. One time. Let's keep it on it. It's a whole lot of work that needs to be done. Let's just be honest with our with, with ourselves. You know, let's just be honest with ourselves. Right. But the brother got an antidote. You know what I'm saying? The brother got some answers on how to deal with the story, the narrative, to teach you how to think right again for the first time. That course is coming very, 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 very soon. You know. And we will be making and full announcements on that. No doubt. But for tonight's episode, yes, we are um, well past our start time. We are. All right, my brother, Michael Singerton, if you are on the line with us, I would ask that you press one at this particular time. I'm going to read the introduction. In the meantime, in between time, okay, join KTL Radio tonight. As our KTL Empowerment Series returns with a powerful offering, tonight's roundtable discussion will be centered around the necessary steps needed to free ourselves and our families from the electronically perpetuated oppression of bad credit, which leads to financial lockdown. Tonight, our guest Michael Singleton will offer Get Out of Bad Credit Jail Free Cards to 10 listeners. Need your credit repaired? Need an understanding of how the game is played? Need some remedy? We'll call in tonight and tune into the program as we do the knowledge. All right, family? So, Brother Mike, are you in the building? Please press 1. Okay. Brother Mike. Brad, can you call him on your three-way? Can you do that? Yeah. Let me play a song in the meantime, something you need me to write. I guess not. But, look, we're going to um, take a real quick break while we get everything together. I'm going to play this song. Lead off real quick with the midnight, and I'll be back very shortly. Propaganda, 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 
our this is this particular conversation tonight is going to be uh, emphasized on our community and and a number of things that the credit bureaus do to um, redline us. You know, certain zip codes, certain areas that we live in. Um, you know, you can have identical scores with someone in another zip code in another area, and their credit score is going to be higher than your credit score just based on that zip. So a lot of times when you you fill out information about where you live at and then you're applying for some credit, what happens is um, based on that zip code, you could be redlined. And that's, that's, that's a very important point because that redlining could mean 50 to 100 points on your credit score, which could ultimately save you thousands of dollars in terms of um, your transactions and, and, and how you go about living during the course of the year. Now, I, you know, I know a lot of um, our folks have adapted, you know, adapted in a way where we don't necessarily, um, as a whole, operate off of credit. You know, we offer we operate from a cash standpoint, and that's understandable because of. Um, a lot of it has to do with, I would I would say, a lack of knowledge, and that lack lack of knowledge, meaning that we understood how we could take certain credit scores and enhance our ability to be able to, to make our lives better. Um, we had that information and that knowledge early on. And I, I think we probably would have chosen uh, to take uh, the route of utilizing the credit for our advantage as versus um, kind of this discarding it and saying, hey, you know, I don't have to deal with that. I can get out of here and I can hustle, you know. But there, there's a different hustle that we can, we can um, put together in the 21st century. And um, the Fair Credit Reporting Act basically has put a um, applied chokehold on the credit bureaus, get them to at least adhere to that there are some rules that they have to play by. Well, as I stated earlier, for a really long time, credit bureaus didn't have to play by those rules because no, no um, governmental entity was coming down on them. But um, kind of over the last 10 years or so, with, with the advent of um, stolen identities and things of that such, um, the, the authorities start looking at the credit bureaus more intently which is now giving the consumer an opportunity to, to um, make sure that they can um, keep themselves straight. And, and how you do that is one. Okay. Right now, um, if you're, let's say you have a credit score around 550 points, pretty much in the dump. You know, you're, that's not going to allow you to really do anything. It's not going to allow you to apply for anything and be able to get it you know, or to be approved for it. You know, versus if you had a credit score of 700, 720 and above, all the way up to 800, actually one of them goes up to 850, um, that allows you to, to sign your signature on most things and be able to stand it on the spot and also have the best interest rates where, you know, you're not going to be um, charged or exorbitant fees for utilizing that money. And... So what we want to do is is be able to present to the, to the family that hey, if you've got 
got some credit issues. A lot of us probably have probably done like I did. I just kind of just said, hey, get it. Uh, I, I can work off a of cash space. You know, and um, most of my, my negative stuff fell off. But um, as I was telling Brother Blue and Brother Red, I took a business course uh, on how to set up a credit repair business from, from a, a very, very, very sharp female in the industry. And um, I had already been doing this for a while back, but basically what she did is uh, it helped me and get, it was like a refresher. And, you know, in looking at it, I see, see um, the way credit bureau has been treating people because it can, and it gets paid by creditors that it can do basically anything it wants, which harms you, you know, and it causes a lot of people to really be in, you know, financial straits because of the fact that we can't get the best rates when we go to apply for something. So our, our ultimate goal with this is to um, deny uh, 10 people who will do their credit, uh, repair their credit for them for free, and um, have them become testimonials for us. Uh, the brothers are going to actually start their own um, uh, classes in, in school. So credit repair is going to be one of the uh, the classes in that school. And uh, to the to the beat that you'll either learn how to, to clean up your own credit, or you can even go into the business of, of, of credit repair and know that you can be successful. Um, Tools that we'll be offering uh, for those individuals are going to be tools that uh, pretty much ironclad because what we do is we utilize the laws against the credit bureau and we put them in a position where um, they've got to react. They've got to react uh, based on how we want it to take place. And we want we want an item removed. Um, if we stay consistent with it, and we're, and, we're, and we're persistent, um, that item will be removed based on the formula that we use uh, to come after the credit bureau. Um, the credit bureaus basically work because you go apply for credit somewhere, um, like let's say if Macy's got a credit card, Macy's is going to pay the credit bureau anywhere from about three to five bucks per month to report on you, on your payment, in terms of how you pay how consistent you pay, do you pay on time, are you late? Some, a creditor is going to pay the bureau to, to uh, place that up there every month. Let's say something happened where you couldn't pay them. Six months went by. Um, and you um, had something occur in your life where you couldn't, you couldn't um, handle that, that financial responsibility. At that point, after six months of non-payment, that creditor is going to write that that um, the credit that you had with them and the, the account that you had with them, the bill, they're going to write it off on their tax. Then they're going to they'll turn around in most cases right. and sell that sell that paper to a third party. Right. Can you, not, brother, are you speaking directly into your phone? Okay. I can't can hear you, hear me you now? but okay. I, I feel that you can probably be just a little bit Nero allowed uh, to the phone. Hello? Is that is that better? Absolutely. How about that? Yes indeed. Okay, great. Okay. 
So what happens with that is um, that debt basically is done. You know, but uh, as consumers, we don't know that. And so when they sell the paper to a third party, that third party comes on very, very strong and approaching you in terms of now there's a new debt collector. But by law, you really don't even have to communicate with them after you um, make them aware of that you don't have a contract with them. And by law, after that point, they are, they are, are supposed to cease and desist in trying to make contact with you. They don't really have um, the legal right, even, even if it's an attorney. That attorney becomes a debt collector, but that attorney was not a part of the original contract. That original contract right. basically has been paid for. You know, it really was paid for originally with your signature, but we won't go into that detail. But it was paid for and it was written out. So um, what happens, you get people, these collectors will call and they'll try to, they'll, they'll try to, they're scare tactics. They're going to take you to court, sue you, you know. Uh, yeah, they could say that all they want. But because they weren't a part of the original contract, they don't have the right to sue you for, for a debt that was already written out and it was sold to them. Um, so what we basically do is we come after the credit bureau from that standpoint. Um, we One, you want to have that item removed. You want to have inquiries removed. Um, even uh, things that have been sent down to the courthouse in terms of judgments, foreclosures, um, evictions, those things can be taken off as well. Anything that's negative on your credit credit file can be taken off. And the, the formulas and, and what formula that we use to be able to do that, as I stated, stated the teeth of that formula is that we, we're presenting that we know which laws, laws um, protect us. And we're utilizing those laws to the fullest to uh, come after, one, the credit bureau. Because the law also states that if I dispute something, the credit bureau has to verify it, okay? Well, what they do is, you know, because um, they don't, they're not set up to, to do what they're supposed to do by law, they'll come back and say, well, we checked it out and verified it and came back, and it was you. You know, this is accurate. We don't stop there. We come right back at them again. The next time we come at them, is we're coming from the standpoint, okay, since you state that this, that this is accurate and this was me, send me a copy of the original contract that you have on file at the credit bureau with my signature on it. They don't have that. They're never going to have it. Um, and the reason being is because they're not staffed to do that, nor are they going to spend the money to do that? So um, they'll, they'll, they may even come back and, and try to uh, rebut it, but we just continue after them to the point where we put them in a corner. Based on the way we send that documentation out, we put them in a corner to be able to um, sue them. Yeah. And we get to that. Did you say something? You said you're boxing them in. Yeah, well, that, that's the plan. It's a box men, but right. um, a lot of times what happens is, you know, we may get impatient because we want it to happen all at one time. Well, the one thing we have to take a look at is that a lot of, it didn't take us one stroke to, to mess our credit up. 
probably did it over a period of time. And it may take a little bit of time to do this. It could, it could happen in, you could have um, five, six, seven items taken out for 45 days. Then in some cases it may take you um, 60 days to get those items off because the credit bureau is being a little bit stubborn. But if you, you stay, stay, um, stay the course, it, you can clean your credit up, raise your credit score, put yourself in a, in a more of that advantageous position to go get some money. Our ultimate goal is to, to um, get as many people as we can in the family and get their scores up to 700 or above. And right. at that point, there may, may be something additional to that um, in terms of if you want to go into business, you can utilize that 700 score to put yourself yes. in business at that point. And, and in regards to a network, yes, what would be the benefits of a consortium of people having high credit scores? Oh, that'd be super strong, man, because it's like, let's say you have 10 people with 700 scores, and we teamed up. We looked at this from a business standpoint. This, you know, your credit is business. And it can make you some money if you use it the right way versus going to get things. We can go get some money to, to do what we need to do. So what happens is, let's say we have 10 people, okay? We have five corporations. Each, two, of those pe- two of those parties became signers on each on five different corps. So you got, you're going to have uh, two signers per corp. Now those corporations can do business with each other. We could We can set up to where we, we're doing trade with each other, report to Dun & Bradstreet. Now you got your DMV score. You got, you got five trade lines with five different entities that, that you're doing business with that will report regularly that, that you're, you know, you're, whatever it is that you did with them, they, you paid it on time. We're helping each other out. Now you take those, that creditworthy um, uh, corporation that's a, with the DMV score and two 700 scores, and um, $150,000 to about $250,000 is what you can obtain. Now that, that's quite a bit of money for startups because most startups don't, don't have that type of cash or capital when they get off the ground. And what usually kills a startup or a small business is the lack of capital. So the primary thing is get your credit score up, doing the corporation thing, and just walk it through yourself. And I, I know there's been a number of um, people out there kind of with the same thing. It works, but it just works. It's not an overnight thing. It's not something that's going to be like, oh, this is going to happen tomorrow. It'll, it takes 90, 90 to um, 180 days to put yourself in a position that, to access 150000 to $250,000. And if you just take the step-by-step process, it'll work for you. But our, our first step is to get you straight credit-wise, um, get your credit together, uh, and uh, hopefully you, once that happens, you become disciplined enough to, to just wait, walk through the, the next steps, and not, not, not blow it. Don't mess it up because if you don't, then, you know, it's going to be very, very beneficial to you. And um, not even just the long run, it'll be the short-term after once you get all, all the pieces in place. So that, that's one of our goals with this. But the other thing of it is, um, the classes the brother's going to hold, 
uh, you'll be able to access the, through through the uh, credit repair class to set up your own business and become um, a credit repair specialist. And it, all it really is is knowing the basics of this and having a, a, a somewhat of an understanding of the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And um, you can do it yourself. I'm not on here saying that I, I've got something that nobody knows, but the one thing I, I do have a little bit of understanding is is of the uh, Fair Credit Reporting Act. And um, if you get your arms around that a bit, you can, you can actually go into business, start with your family, cleaning your family up. Imagine five or six people in the same family and y'all are on the same page. Everybody has that high credit score, which y'all can do. Right. We can empower an entire household, bring their credit up. Yes, now that's really what that's we call a powerhouse. Yeah. And, and credit really is the thing yeah. that, that one of the biggest things that keeps us kind of locked into a to um to a spot. We can we can move out of it by just taking the time and um, pulling your file and yeah, seeing what's yeah. on there. And if it's six months old, and, you can, can you, get it off. Can you speak to the importance of credit? How vital is credit in regards to moving around this country and getting things done in terms of food, clothing, and shelter? How vital is credit in that equation? I mean, it's your life. It's your, it's, it's the, it's the, actually, it's the blood. Because if you go, you got an eviction, man. And, and you know, you, especially I'm in, I'm in Texas. If you have an eviction, and you, you're, you're going to be living in the hood forever. <laughs> How you get that off of there, you know, because no decent place is going to want to let, let you in, you know. And, and if you, um, you know, even even if you've got something on your record from a from a, a um, you know, from dealing with the authorities or whatever, you know, that could be removed also because the reason being is nobody, there's no entity that pays to report that on a regular basis, so that could be taken off your credit file. You know, when people pull up and they see that on there, they 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 start judging you from that standpoint. But those things can be removed also. Just have to just take take assistance. And, and the reason why I'm saying this is the credit bureau is not they don't pay money to have information um, obtained. Information is brought to them, and the people who bring the information pay them to place it on. So there's nobody that's going to be paying them on a regular basis to, let's say, you you got a jacket, okay? Um, there's nobody who's going to pay them what you did. But you could dispute it and keep pushing at them to dispute to get it off of there. And, you know, unless you do something else, it won't, that won't come back. That's one of the major pluses to it, you know, that you can remove anything that's negative off that file. Hmm. Indeed. Indeed. So, of course, you know, the family wants to know what's the next step. Do you have a website? How are they going to get in contact with you? How are we going to enact this um, this offering that we are offering here tonight? You know what I'm saying? How do we go about this? Well, you know, I, I think the way to do it is the first 10 callers, um, I mean, uh, callers in the family who express today would like to have the service done. The only thing that um, you have to pay for is your mailing. You know, and these are mailings. You're going to be sending a certified mail to the credit bureau. Outside of that, 
There's no fee for the service. Um, all you need to do is have access to an email address, and I, I've got a business number that you can take the business number down and correspond through email. There are certain things that, you know, that I would request that you do, and um, we're, we're basically going to be sending the documents back and forth via email. And once the, all the documents that need to go into the Bureau are completed, I, I, I'll complete them for you, have them all ready. All you need to do is sign it. Okay. Um, top, copy of your ID, copy of your Social Security card, and a copy of your um, of a bill that you may have in your name, and you could you get that document notarized. As I stated earlier, we're setting them up. You know, every every document that you send to the credit bureau is going to be sent certified and notarized, and those are the things that you would pay. But as far as the service of putting everything together for you, I, I'll do that. And the reason why we're doing this is that we want to um, help the family, but to have some testimonies in, in, in the family that we do have something that does work, and it, uh, it will benefit a number of people. And, you know, we can we can just use this service, man, to, to help our, you know, thousands and thousands of our, 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 um, our family members get out, of, get out of debt, debt that they don't have to stay in for seven years, even though it says something can stay on your file for seven years, yeah, if you don't dispute it, it will. But um, as I stated earlier, that's our, our thing is we're disputing, and then we're also using the law to make them prove that they can verify that that's mine. They can't. Credit bureaus can't right. verify it. And then when you get down to that last stage, if we have to get there, about threatening to take them to court, they don't want to go to court. Even if you have to take that, and this is not legal advice, even if you have to take the last step to go get um, a court date, they won't show up, and they're going to take it all out, period. And if they do show up, they can't show up with the original contract. Every every file that you ask them to take off, that they don't take off, $1,000 in your pocket. Wow. Okay, so this is for the family that wants to fight the fight, fight the good fight, but also are willing to prepare, you know, the long fight if need be. You know, this is not a overnight procedure, but it is one that will set you on pace for your life. So, you know, you have to have that level of fortitude to actually, uh, you know, get in the ring and, um, you know, and, and dance to the end, the very last round if need be. You can get your knockout in the third. You can get your knockout in the fourth. You know, you can bump around and get it in the first or the second. But you got to be willing to go the whole distance nonetheless. So please, if you're looking for a miracle, don't inquire, don't inquire, don't inquire. Don't start nagging people, you know what I'm saying? But if you understand the fact that, the, you know, the, the procedure that the brothers laid out, if you're ready to follow that procedure, then I think that... um this is definitely for you, family, all right? Again, in regards to empowerment, this is a way that you can clean your credit up and we can strengthen our network and we can move as a unit, all right? So the conversation that we'll be having this time next year will be totally different. Like we said on previous shows, we'll be having a shareholders meeting. You know, we'll be sitting at a board of directors around a round table laughing, breaking bread, Okay. We'll have the uh, Ebola virus, uh, the, which, 
We had a vaccine, you know what I'm saying, on the table, like, able to do what we need to do with it, all right? So do you want to give them your email so we don't have to do the back and forth thing? We're doing the first 10 emails, family. Yeah, first 10 emails. So so you're definitely going to benefit from being on the call tonight, all right, for those who want to participate. For those that are going to catch us in the archive and missed out, the brother will give you his phone number and you can obtain his services afterwards. So can you please give the family your email? Yes, sir. Um, that, e- that email address is iConsult888 at gmail.com, and I'll spell it out. It's I-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-888 at gmail.com. Michael Singleton, and um, the, the business line is 832-742-9109. And Repeat the, the business line again. 832-742-9109. I'm sorry, 742. Okay, 742. Nine one zero nine. Nine one zero nine. Okay. All right. See, Michael Singleton family. Yeah, one thing I want to add in is, you know, um we could defeat anything that we're not fearful of. And um, you know, we get people who call us, you know, saying you owe, you owe me this, you owe me that. But if this is not the original creditor that you took that credit out with, you don't owe them anything, period. And don't pay them, ever. You know, but the... Ever. But the, but the mob is, that, is the bureau because they feel like they can do whatever they want to do. So you got to go at them from a standpoint, and I know that you can't do what you want. And I know that the law states that you should do certain things, and I can use that to my advantage for you to get clean this stuff up, you know, kind of crazy in a sense um, that we have something that, re- that is reported. Okay, we've got somebody to hit already. Um, that uh, basically, in a sense, we have something that um, is reporting against us that can hurt us that badly, but they do, you know, and, and um, it's just people that are really kind of making a little bit over minimum wage who don't really care. You know, they got a job, and their all their job is is somebody paid the bureau to report something negative against you, and it's done. But if it's over six months, nobody, no one is no longer paying that that third party creditor. They're not paying the bureau anything. You know, they're not going to pay to have that reported. And you know, it could start all over again based on on certain factors, um, but we can make it go away if you just stay persistent with. It. So the key is understanding that there's, you don't have to have any fear of the credit bureau. Um, they just get paid to report. So what you got to remind them is that all, even though you're supposed to report, you're governed in a certain way. And, you know, we go through this process, you know, one-on-one, I'll be able to explain to each individual why, you know, you have the power and you you got the ability to be able to um, do, what you, do what you're supposed to do to get your stuff cleaned up and use it to your advantage 
the next time around and not just go get clothes or, or even this time around, you got to even discipline yourself not to go get that car because you got a 700 score, you can go just put your signature down and drive off. We don't want to do that right with this. You want you want to you want to eat, but you want to eat well. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is have a little discipline and use this to your advantage. That's right. Can you speak about that? You know, it's going to come down to that ultimately. What helps develop a person's discipline? You know, where does this thing come from? Is it just as easy as telling the person that they should be disciplined? What can stop the person? from becoming a detriment to themselves once they do fix the credit and they get the 700, that's like, you know, them having a, one of those fiery flaming swords. You know what I'm saying? Right. The world is their oyster at this particular point. What's going to stop them from abusing that power? Well, you know, brother, unfortunately, um, we don't have responsibility to that, ultimately. Yeah. We don't, it's their responsibility. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, it's their responsibility because you know, um, those who we're going to do this for for the first ten for free. You know, you you know you're you're tuning into um, to a to a program and to a show that you receive a lot from. You know, brothers give a whole lot, and you're all the listeners are able to take away from this and, and you know learn from it. So even with this, this is a learning experience. You know, you may have learned, hey, I messed up okay, the first time around. It could be a number of things. You know, you, you could, um, you know, sister could marry a brother and he, he messed up. It could be vice versa. It could be they um, somebody lost their job and, and they kind of had to live off your credit cards. It, it, it's all types of things. But the point of it is, is you can resurrect yourself. You can live to play another day. But the key is, um, do you want to participate with the next step. Um, tune into Little Legs and the brothers bring in a, 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 just a number of wonderful, insightful, knowledgeable um, speakers who who you, you, know, you just learn so much from. Now's the time for us to do some things from an economic and a financial standpoint together. And so this first 10... Y'all are going to be kind of like our um, um, the, the mirror that we want to present to the rest of the family that, hey, this works. Right. You know. You are our uh, shining examples, yeah. okay? Family, you are the disciples. Right. We need you to be disciplined on this. You know, um, and it's going to pay off. You're going to win if you do. You know. This is just the first step. But if you don't go, just go do your thing with it and just, just wait. And, you know, we're going to come back with with the next phase. You, you know, um, you, you know, like Brother said, next year this time, man, you're going to be really smiling. And you're going to be, you'll, you'll be happy that you were just, you, you decided to just discipline yourself. We can't make you be disciplined. We can suggest it. But, um, we do need we need you to be that. We've got three so far, brother. Mm-hmm. Three so far. Okay, we got seven to go, family. I don't know if you're on the phone line or you want to call in. I don't know if you want to inbox to tell somebody to tell somebody. 
But this is not the one that you need to be missing out on. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. All right? Okay? I'm going to leave it at that. Okay? I'm just going to leave it at that. But, um, yeah. Is there anything else that we want to say in regards to credit or the electronic mob? You know, what other things are taking place out there in cyberspace in regards to, um, you know, a person's digital profile and how it determines, you know, food, clothing, and shelter in this new world. Because if we're moving towards a cashless society, you know, everything is going to be digitized. And and we want to speak about the importance of people getting these particular ratings together. Uh, I can speak for myself, you know, in the community. When I came into this information many, many moons ago, you know, there was... um, certain emphasis put on getting away from uh, uh, the system altogether, you know, abandoning the social and, you know, not caring about the bills. And so many people had different ways of approaching repairing credit, but it wasn't the most um, scrupulous message, I would say, meaning that it didn't put you in good standing with these bureaus or what have you even though these bureaus are not the best-standing institutions to begin with, you know, later on in life, you still realize that you need certain things to navigate through this matrix, nonetheless. So I just was wondering if you want to speak on, you know, what experiences that you've had, um, what have you heard people coming to the table with, are there there things that can't be repaired, Are, are there certain things that, beyond repair, like, you know, people that get hits on their um, credit report for child support, people that are getting hit for student loans and things of that nature, like what's hands-off, what can't be dealt with? Student loan can be removed. The the issue with the child support is um, that when you make that payment, a portion of that is taken out to report that your payment is. Um, What we're looking at is anything that is over six months old, has not been reported yeah. on for six months, you can take it off. It doesn't matter, anything. Anything negative that has a six-month history that has not been reported for six months can be removed. Child support situation is because you're paying the child support, um, they, some, they're, it's being reported by... Um, the attorney general. Now that depends on the state that you're in as well. So we could look at that as an as, as an individual thing because all state attorney general's offices don't operate the same way, and the attorney general's office usually governs the child support situation. Now a bankruptcy, like you saw, I think it's chapter thirteen. Um, in that you're making arrangements to make some payments. That one you're gonna you'll be kind of thrown off with that. But if you but if um, you file and you don't go through with the payment process, then you could have it removed because it's it's just a um, item that has been reported to um, county court system. But county court system does not where the, where the county itself does not 
sorry about that. The county itself does not pay to have that reported on you on a regular basis. It doesn't pay at all. Um, the only reason why it's there is there is usually an entity that um, will, like for one time, they'll go down, like, like, like tomorrow, there'll be there's going to be a number of, um, let's say, foreclosures in a county. So you have an entity that they get paid to go and collect that information and report it once. But they don't do it on, it's not something they do consistently. So when you report um, or you go to the bureau and you say, you know, you're disputing this, they have no way of knowing. They're not going to go to that county and pay somebody to pull that information up, you know, because the, the, the mob is in the business of taking money. They're not in the business of spending it. They're not going to spend it. That's that's the thing that you should look at. They're not spending any paper. You know, and if you're gonna buy, if you you want want them to put anything on that file, you got to pay them to do it, and that's key. You know, so yes. Um, now, in terms of other things that are out there, you know, everything is electronic at this point in time period, and you know. Um, you said, Lupita, you said everything is what. Electronic. <laughs> oh, electronic. We, yes, we, yes, yes. Yeah, we're you know we're just hooked up by that number, and if you know, I, I, I'm in agreement with, um, not necessarily wanting to give up a whole lot of information to someone, but one of the things I just I realize is that from a business standpoint, in order for me to operate, I got to play the game the way the game is set up. So I need to I need to become a master at how the game is set up, so that. I can't do How about that? just that. I can get out, but when I get out, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to ever have to come back. That's the key, and and, it, and that's that's just my view of the way to do it. You know, I, I don't I don't want to get out there and oh man, I, you know, got to die back in this thing again. You know, and but the bottom line of it is, one of the things you guys have had come on the show, um, talk about um, the cryptocurrencies. That's coming. Yes. I mean, on a fast track, that, that, all that Bitcoin stuff, that stuff is coming. So, you know, yes, indeed, we yes, got to yeah, you know, we got to get prepared for it and get ready, but be ready to be able to, to um, maintain and show and and, and and play in the game just like everybody else does. You know, and you can use this credit. To, yeah, you can use this credit to be able to do it. You know, um. Like I stated earlier, man, 700, 720, 754, signature. It's your signature. You know, and go get you the things that you that you need to be able to, to participate in the play. You know, like brother said earlier, we're in the matrix. All right, well, you know what? I'm going to master how, how 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 it's being played. And we can, we can win, period. But we just got to take some of these um, oops and, and footprints up off our necks so that we can't have enough breathing room to be able to, to be, be uh, creative thinkers as well as creative financial um, entrepreneurs at the same time. You know, without this, you can't go to the bank. They're like, man, yeah, right. You want a loan. So, but, hey, they give loans out every day. you talking about. Huh? Oh no, not at all. Yeah. But they do give. Yeah. They they're in the business of loan money out. 
they're not going to loan it to you because of the, that's four. It's going to keep you back. That's it. We're going to make it, we can put put some things together to make it, all of us shine. You know, I mean, really, really, really shine. We just need um, some people to come around and work with us, and, and we're going to create some believers, you know, to come up, take the next step. And, you know, I'm not talking about going after thousands. I'm talking about going after millions, you know, and, um, and yeah. not, not just a million, you know, you know some big millions. You know, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 million dollars. Those type of things where we could do it as a group and um, really see ourselves and create that, that um, generational wealth that we from time to time talk about. You know, uh, there are some new things it's coming, in, coming, into, coming into play. Yeah, we got to be yeah. a part of it, man. It just, you know, we, we talked about this before. You got, uh, you know, these things that I researched. Um, one of them I'm definitely very much a part of, but uh, cannabis is on its way to every state, you know? And the other thing of it is, that's even going to be bigger than that is going to be him. Imagine if we put together um, five, ten corporations and had the ability to go get a couple hundred thousand dollars per corporation and we wouldn't buy ourselves some land. So when the hemp thing comes into play, which is going to be three to four times greater and bigger than cannabis, cannabis is going to be used. You know, you can make better plastic out of hemp. You can, you know, um, better materials, fabric, everything. And, yeah. but, and I'm just using that as an example because I'm sure some people will do some research and find some other things. But, you know, we got we, we just – with our credit being straight and being situated, structured correctly, we can go get some money. You know, we can get the money that we need to get ourselves off the ground and maintain it, you know, while we're going through those those growing states. Yes, indeed. Can you speak on the, uh, I mean, you're speaking briefly on hemp, but what's the forecast on it? You know what I'm saying? How far is it around the corner? Where are the best places that we can go to grow hemp? What is the comparability to the hemp in the cannabis industry? Is, is hemp projected to do more because it's more of an industrial plant? It can be utilized for more things? You know, what's the arc on the hemp? Okay, let's talk, talk about the utilization. you got about 2,000 different things that you can do with hemp. You know, you can create food yeah. with it. You know, um, high yeah. omega-3. I'm, I'm very advanced. much interested in hemp milk. And the hemp seeds right. and no, right. very much seeds, the milk, that, the fabric, um, the, the plastic. I mean, it's just so many different things. You no, know, one the Ford, Ford, Henry Ford had created a car. The whole car was made out of hemp before they banned yeah. it. You know, um, so the, the benefit beyond comparison to anything else. It's really a, a wonder crop. It's it's a Multi, 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 multi-billion dollar crop. And I, I was just wanted to sound an alarm that we're probably um, 12 to, let's say, 18 months out for hemp is going to start be, becoming legalized in certain states. Obama passed, a, passed um, an okay for them to start growing it from a research standpoint with the university. And 
those crops are already in the ground right now. I mean, in, in depending upon where you grow it, you can get three or four crops of hemp. You know, of course, the, the, you know, anywhere there where there's some decent soil that they haven't grown cotton in, ideal for for the growth of hemp. And you know, all oh, the other thing that they haven't grown cotton. Is that what yeah. you said? Yeah, cotton tears the soil up. You know, mm. so you don't, you're gonna have to replenish the soil wherever cotton has been grown. But if they haven't grown cotton there in like five years, you're okay. But this crop is man, it's 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 out of it's gonna it's it's gonna re- revolutionize a number of things. Plus, you know, you can um uh create oil out of it. You know. They really want to really do biodiesel. The, the oil source that you get out of out of hemp crop is, is, is um, immeasurable. You know, you know just the only thing that that um, I'm looking at right now is there's another crop that's comparable to hemp. It's actually like a cousin. It's called uh, Kena, K E N A F, and oh, it grows it's K-E-N-A-F. It grows the same way as hemp does, about 18 to 20 foot crop. K-E-N-A-N? Yeah, K-N, K-E-N as in Nancy, A as in Albert, F as in Frank. Oh, Kenoff? Yeah, Kenoff. Sounds Ethiopian, yeah, Kenoff. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's native of Africa. It comes from Africa. And... It's a wonder crop as well. You could do all the things that you can do with hemp. You can do with, with our kina. And okay, um, that's already legalized. Yeah, it's legal. Grow kina. Mm, okay. If you look it up, um, a lot of the southern universities have um, have been um, for the last ten to fifteen years uh, been growing it. Can you no, smoke so, it? No. 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 Can't smoke All right. It. <laughs> you can eat it. You can make flour out of it. You know, seeds are, are nutritious as well. Um, right. You can make salad, salad out of the leaves. You know, so it, it does have those principles. Okay. You know, so it could be eaten as a grain, you're saying? Yeah, but it's something that we could, if we had the land right now, we could start off with right now and grow it. And then when, when, um, when, when, uh, hemp becomes fully legalized, we can move into hemp. Yes, yes. Brother, well, we do have the land. You know what I'm saying? That's another thing. Um, okay. We've been waiting to announce that and bring a show forward. But, uh, I don't want to put everything out at this particular time and speak on exactly how much land we have and where it is. But we do have land, and we're going to be needing some hands very soon because we have to till the soil and get it ready um, for for the uh, planting season early next year. Okay. Okay. So, of course, we're going to be able to, we're going to be getting ready to put that call out. I'm sure that there are some people... Um, I'm sure that there's some people that, uh, you know, would like to participate in this particular endeavor, you know, 
It's no longer in the talking phase. It's actually actualized. Oh, I don't great. want to get into all of the details at this particular time. I'll speak to you offline because, um, you know, you just presented this information to me. And um, I was speaking to the brother, the custodian of the land earlier today, and he was telling me that, um, you know, we just need to get some hands down there to start laying the soil and, and doing other things that need to be done, preparation. So, yeah, we, we, we can get moving on that now. Okay. And, um, and this is real. This is empowerment. Things that we need as a family, as a unit, as a network, as a people. And those things are, are actually here. We're just going to need power. We're going to need demand force, you know, and the woman's uh, force can I, as well. Can I give, um, can I kind of put something out there? I don't know. You may be familiar with this, but um, just going to uh, kind of tell a story. I had um, you know, all all of us probably embraced in our lifetimes for the most part um, visiting a church. And, you know, once becoming a certain age, I just became disgruntled with the church because I didn't see it doing anything. You know, I didn't feel like it it benefited our, our people at all. And I grew up in a Baptist church, and there was something I saw in particular that happened in that church that I really didn't like. So I never, after that took place, I never went back. After, you know, when I was 18 years old, I never went back to that church ever. So I was looking for something to to grab onto that was doing something for our people. And um, got a chance to um, attend a church in the downtown Houston area. This is the church that that uh, Beyonce got her, her start in a choir singing it. But that church basically was um, kind of a missionary situation where they fed the homeless people. It was an old Methodist church, predominantly white, and what happened, um, the uh, demographics changed in the downtown area uh, where you know, there's a lot of people, homeless people, happen to be African-Americans, but they also there's a lot of mental illness involved in it too. So this particular church um, became, was chosen to kind of feed these folks that were downtown, but feed them a decent meal. And, you know, so it was kind of like that pulling the crust off, you know, because you go, go, you know, you go to sit outside of church on Sunday morning and folks are, they got suits on, they're clean, you know, they everything's matching, matching shoes with the ladies, matching right. shoes, dresses, the hats, everything's matching, you know, they, we got to be clean to go to church. Well, in this particular instance, they let the homeless folks come in, man, and, and eat in the pews where, where, where church was being held. And um, that was a good feeling for me. And I, there's, a, there's a brother here in Houston. Um, I'm going to give him a props. He, he was uh, with um, Dr. Goss's kind of right-hand man, and his name is Sunshine. He... Um, um, definitely was one of the first ones in the Houston community to, to uh, you know, start bringing healthy eating habits to the community. So he got invited to um, go to Alabama to visit it, which was another church. But this church was supposed to be, everybody in it was black, but they were all millionaires. 
So he told me about it, and my ears perked up. I'm like, I got to go see this. So I, I rode with, with him, and we went, went there. And he, he was going because he was teaching them, you know, how to prepare uh, raw food. And so when we got there, um, I got a chance to sit down with the, the – uh, it was a bishop who was running the church. And he, he basically was very, very open and shared with me what they did. When he got there, it was 105 members, 99 of them were on welfare. So he passed around the plates one day and said, don't put any money in it. We got, you know, um, I got some pencils and I got some little small sheets of paper. I want everybody to write down, how much you get in a welfare check every week? You know, don't put your name on it. So when it came back, he had that. Next week he did the same thing that he just told him. Write down what do you buy every every month with what food do you buy at the grocery store with, you know, with the welfare check? So it was kind of all of them kind of very similar things. So he went in, um, told him, well, you know, y'all are already rich. So they didn't understand what he was talking about. So he told him what we're going to do is we're going to start buying food from ourselves. So he went and applied. They had a 501c3 at that time. Well, no, he was applying for the 501c3. But when he went in, the paperwork that was there, the 501c3 paperwork, it was a 501d. And if anybody's listening, write that down and look it up. But the 501d is a is that um, kind of communal nonprofit that allows you almost to fly your own flag. As long as you stay contained within that system that you created there, you know, within that, that, that area, um, you know, there are a lot of things that you don't have to do, like driver's license, uh, get your car registered, any of those things, if you're a part of that 501D. Well, that paperwork was never really out where we could get our hands on it. He just got lucky. And they filled it out, and they became a 501D. But what they did is they also applied to get the, um, the status to be able to take food stamps for food. And they set up with a supplier. First month, they made 20000 profit. So they rolled with this for about two years, and finally the local stores got pissed off at them because now not only were, were the church members buying, but their family members, other family members start buying too. Um, so, you know, of course, the, the boy tried to come at them and shut them down. So they got wind of it before, um, you know, they really got charged up, and they decided take the money they had made, man, they went and bought some, bought some land. They don't have the status to be able to take food stamps, so they went and grew their own food. They didn't have to get the food from the, from the uh, supplier. From that point, um, they took a strategy on The strategy was when Republicans come in, you go to auction because businesses are going to be auctioned off when the Republicans come in. When the Democrats come in, you keep your money in your pocket. Well, they end up going, you know, and buying um, – with the auction, they bought a a meat processing facility. So they went and bought, um, I think it was like 500 head of cattle initially, and they went and got, they ended up with like 5,000 head of cattle, 5,000 acres of land, four or five kind of miniature lakes on this land stocked with fish. Oh, hold, um, hold on, hold on, brother. 1,000 acres of land? 5,000 acres of land. Please continue. You know, 
and control their own destiny. So when I got there, I was able to witness them building um, a senior facility for the seniors to live in. Um, they bought two hotels. They owned two gas stations. They had two or three restaurants. I mean, um, and, you know, it was self-contained. And what they did was, like, even with the children, everybody learned how to manage a business. You know, you, you took turns in different positions of, of all the businesses that, that they, they owned and maintained. And I'm not saying that's something that we should do, but I threw that out there just to say that, hey, this, there's some, something that we can do together that would benefit all of us, um, but the land is the key. Very much so. Land is that land and putting something in that ground is, is key. Then we can control our own destiny. You can feed yourself and then you can also produce something to be able to feed others, then you're in control of your dust. Brother, I'm gonna say that's exactly what we gotta do. Yes, sir. That's exactly what the aim and the focus is to be autonomous, you know. We have to um cultivate the land that we do have and we need to start building and it's imperative that we need to start growing our own food supply um, we have to become a self-contained unit at this particular time there's a lot of bickering and quarreling about what's being done and what's not being done um, there's constant fear campaigns going on people are terrified and just the conditions of the overall general society, people seem not to be content with what they're seeing, what they're being exposed to, what their children are being exposed to. The options are very limited. Um, you know, women are getting very nervous about their, their daughters and the possibilities of them uh, procreating in the future. They're like, you know, who, who will my children procreate with? You know what I'm saying? We're looking at the condition of the young the young males in our society, and um, a lot of people are, are just feeling, I don't necessarily want to say their complaints, but they have grievances. You know, they have, they have worries. They have concerns. I think that's a better word. You know, a lot of, a lot of people are concerned about our future and the forecast as they look out and they see what the offerings are. They don't see any identifiable changes being implemented, you know, let alone the, the consciousness being set in that even understands the fact that a change needs to take place. So, you know, we're at a place in, in time where this is the only solution. You know, I've been listening to Claude Anderson repeatedly over these past few weeks and the brother is speaking about the need and the necessity to have community amongst our own. And I'm talking about like-minded individuals where businesses are not scattered halfway across town. With the advent and the availability of the Internet, you know, you can do business with the rest of the world, but if you have a self-contained unit on your own premises, you know, the people can do business amongst one another. Big currency is a way in which we can do businesses amongst one another where it doesn't have to be an exchange of, of fiat, you know. 
there's a new currency out there, family, and it's very strong, it's very viable, and we happen to have a unit that is in-house that overstands Bitcoin, that has possession of Bitcoin. You know, they not only understand the complexities of Bitcoin, but they also have very ingenious ideas about how to add value to Bitcoin. They're on the cutting edge of this new currency and how to amplify this currency to benefit the collective, not the individual, but the collective. So if you have a template that you've already witnessed, you know, you've already been exposed to this level of um, development and things of that particular nature, that as well as a vital component, then you're speaking about, you know, um, these particular crops, these new crops that we can get our hands on to become industrialists, you know, where we could take, take these new crops now and we could merge these new crops with technology in terms of wearable fashion, wearable technology. You know, we could make our own clothes infused with technology. You know, one thing that we do have in abundance is ideas. One thing that we do have to our benefit is our ingenuity. You know, one thing that we do have is our vision, our ability to see into the future, to track trends and to get in front of them. But it's very difficult, family, to do on our own. Very, very difficult. Lack of support, you know, it's mind-boggling, especially, again, when I say the people constantly speaking about how many things that they need and how many things need to change, you know, but the people that are stepping forward with that level of change to bring about, you know, that change, that change, change to bring about that change. So what you're talking about is paramount. You know, I want you to continue to paint that picture and explain to people, even when the family is coming together under the auspices of religion and the church, they are able to get things done. That binding principle and that common factor is belief. You know? Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, um, one of, from basically what you're saying, um, I, I've, for about a year and a half, I've been a part of uh, an alliance of farmers, and we've you know we've had farmers uh, on our calls from. Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, and Oklahoma. And um been very, very enlightening. Um number of people who come come aboard and matter of fact, uh sister is on the call. Um, I gotta include her. She's in Delaware. Matter of fact, she just she's on one of the one of the uh We've got eight people so far on the list, but there's a sister in Delaware that's on the call tonight that uh, has been visiting our Farmers Alliance calls for for about a, about a year now. And um, putting our hands back in the dirt is going to be very, very key. But, you know, to be a part of the world, playing field, we have to bring something to the table, and I think, you know, we can rely on some of that um, connection to our to our ancestors 
who have passed away, who, who um, left it in the dirt, per se. And there are a number of um, very knowledgeable people who understand the soil that are, that are with us right now. And we just have to kind of make contact with them and, and make this thing happen because I personally, you know, I've had conversations uh, with a number of uh, people in the farming industry, primarily all African-Americans, and we talk about um, uh, becoming farmers, you know, growing cannabis. Uh, You know, and this is just my personal feeling. I feel like that there, you know, um, the powers that be would make it difficult for any of our farmers to actually become, you know, large growers. But, and with this hemp, I can't stop them. You know, the hemp is going to be a just, just to say this, we could make a billion dollars, and that wouldn't put a dent in the industry. That's how powerful this crop is going. Right. You know, I'm not. Earlier I said millions. I'm saying billions on this. We could make a billion right. dollars, and billion-dollar crop. Right, billion-dollar crop. Multi multi billion dollar crop, which would allow us to allow us to be able to become players in the world scope of things. Now with Kinoff, Kinoff is the crop that we could take to Africa to offset that pollution that they're going to endure real soon. Because one acre of Kinoff is equivalent to twenty acres of pine trees and cleaning out, clearing out the um, negative emissions in the air. Okay, so it has uh, echo applications as well? Yes, yes. It's a green crop. Can it be converted to any fuel source at all? You can convert it to to like a a biodiesel. Wow. You can can get oil out of the sea. But that's the other thing that you know, with with the with pollution that's being put put out there. I mean, if anybody's familiar with it, they have um, what's called the um, Kyoto Protocol that deals with carbon credits. You know, so if you have anything that's a green project or something, or even if you're growing trees, um, they'll pay you. these carbon credits that you could sell to, it's a crazy game, but you can actually sell these credits to the pollutionists. Those who are doing the polluting, you know, they get fined so much, so when they have these carbon credits, they can offset those fines so they can buy those carbon credits from you. If you're producing, like, so so many acres of um, pine trees produces so much of um, uh, the ability to be considered a green type project and so they go by it's like almost by the pound but they give you these credits for it and this is becoming a, another billion dollar industry that's um, kicked off about four or five years ago worldwide okay so the foundation of what we're talking about 
want to put it in perspective and, and, you know, put some clarity to it. Foundation of what we're talking about is cleaning our credit up, getting our credit straight, and the sky's the limit. So one more time, I want you to give them the email or the phone number that they need to uh, utilize to get in contact with you. All right? We have a few slots left, family, and I want the family to take advantage of it. So please. And while we were on the call, I did have a couple of people call the business line. Um, if you don't mind, if you didn't leave a message, call it again and leave a message to leave your number, and, and I'll return the call. But uh, the email address, again, is iConsult888 at gmail.com. That's I-C-O-N, S as in Sam, U-L-T, 888 at com, And the phone number is 832-742-9109. You want to talk a little bit about Bitcoin? Hello? My brother? Yeah, yeah, my line dropped back. Okay, boom, lines. At this particular time, I do have some hands up. I'm going to bring some callers in. Right? Caller, caller from the 213, caller from the 213 804. 213 804, caller, peace. Hey, y'all, peace to the family and nations out there. It's Buddha Clinks. Pick up everybody. Wow, go on, Buddha. Yo, me there, man. The class is coming, y'all. I know y'all, y'all out there stressing on that, but don't worry yourself. Class soon come. You done well, know. Wando. Now, we're here. We're having a very powerful conversation. The brother's talking about the proper utilization of land. I know that that's something that should uh, be of interest to you. You have any input on what you've heard tonight? Uh, as far as input, yeah. In a moment, I'll add some input, but I had to ask the brethren a question because earlier yeah, in the please. beginning of the program, yeah, I was talking about the Schmurder movement and them youth, and and that was like a, a metaphor for kind of the mindset of the new youth and. I've I just wanted to ask the brethren if I have this theory, this new idea that that the food is changing the genome, that there's a new type of being on earth that I don't even think certain people respond to natural food anymore. That they've eaten so much genetically modified organisms that they are genetically modified now and that their frequency is not attuned to natural food. They can't taste it. I don't even think they can receive the nutrients from it. And that our understanding, because we're in this quasi sort of um, state where we, we had natural food and we witnessed the emergence of this complete artificial diet to where the majority of people on earth don't eat anything that's natural anymore. And I think, and I just, I wanted to ask, because I'm all for 
the land movement, you know, we got a farm down here. We're starting to do the whole. But I'm wondering if that's is just for us in terms of a select group of people in the in the um, family of nations that is um, still responding to that tone and that frequency in our diet. Um, they tried to get us with Kool-Aid and all type of other genetically modified drinks that somehow we fought. They tried to get us with Snapple, everything. But these youth, they, they, they haven't had a fresh-squeezed lemonade. They haven't. You understand what I'm saying? And when I was listening to the brother talk about the food, I was just, I was wondering how much of the people are responsive to that anymore, in a sense, and whether if if, if it's almost as if we're in a, a situation where, I don't know, we're building reserves for this big combat that's about to come because it seems like our entire genome has been genetically modified by what people have consumed and it's affected their entire being, their total structure of reality to where it is it, difficult to even interface with them. So before I had input on to the value of what the brother was saying, I just, I don't know, that question was really just plaguing me because that's how I look at the youth, my youth. If I don't understand it, I don't know if the people get what I'm saying with that, but they have to understand that I look at the youth now as some sort of genetic modification of us. Okay, that question is posed for our guest tonight. Well, let me preference and say that, you know, he wasn't the one necessarily talking about, you know, the Smurda dance or what have you. That was red. Um in regards to what he's speaking about with the crops, I think he was speaking about hemp as an industrial plant, you know, a way in which we can create various different industries, not just food, you know, but clothing, fuel, and things of that nature. And there's a global market for that. It's just not relegated to the youth of the streets of America, you know what I'm saying? We're talking about something that's a little bit more um, global in its implications. And, you know, the organic industry shows you within itself that there is a market for organic food, for natural food. It might not be amongst our youth. You know what I'm saying? You might have to feed them maybe Starbucks uh, or what have you and Snapples <laughs> to keep them comfortable. But for the people that do want that work, there's a viable industry for it. You know what I'm saying? It, it, and it's a very – it's a growing industry. It is the largest industry in the pool market right now. So I just wanted to qualify it with that. The out here in California, you came from California as well, so you know it's a burgeoning industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, do you, yeah, I understand. If you, do you fall on the yeah. sword for the generation that are GMOs? And how will we ever know? How would they ever know what tastes like what if they never had it or they were never presented with it to begin with? Well, can I can I chime in on that? 
please. Yeah, brother. Yeah, brother. I'm not trying to uh, de- de- deflect oh, the conversation. Oh, 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 no, just, oh, no problem. Um, it was just a point that entered my mind when I was listening, and I just wanted to bring that to the dialogue because I'm really feeling that about these younger brethren, and I don't mean that no disrespect to them. Yeah. Well, you understand um, what I'm saying? I hope that no, a, lot, a, a lot of that has to do with the fact that, um, like Brother said, that they're, they're not exposed to it. I, you know, a couple of things that I, I'll give um, um, current administration, primarily um, Michelle Obama, in, instituted healthier food into the school systems for lunch. And so they're taking out all the sweet drinks and making sure that there's some vegetables in there and some fruit, something fibrous in, in that, in the, in the lunches that these kids have, which is going to expose um, a younger generation to that. And that, you know, that's been um, going strong for about a year and a half. And... Um, I, I got to kind of give her kudos because of, you know, having the fortitude to be able to get that in play. But that's um, that's kind of my answer to the question. I think that the exposure to those types of foods um, on a more regular basis um, is going to wake up or that that gene or to spark that gene that you're referring to. And um, but we're talking about it. You know, we're talking about the babies now. We're talking about, you know, the grade school kids versus, you know, the high schoolers and the college students. We got a, new, a newer generation. I know your brothers had a name for it. Um, they always talk about it a lot. That, that this particular generation is coming into being. That they are already. These kids are already hardwired. They're already ready. But um, I think they're being exposed to the proper foods now. Well, they get that 100% at home, but I think you're exposed to something just like we didn't get caught up in the Kool-Aid because, you know, we did eat collard greens and we ate, you know, certain things that um, these kids don't eat today. You know, so, um, you know, that, that, would, that would probably um, answer that particular question, in my opinion. But, that, that's, you know, I guess we all have opinions about it. But I, I've, I've got a chance to do some research on that particular program. And even um, with the situation with WIC, they've um, kind of gone in and taken a look at that and, and extracted as much of the of the, of the uh, bullshit as they can, you know, in terms of food. They can't do it all because, you know, it's not, it's not good geared towards someone being able to go totally organic. But they've got a lot of a lot of that crap out of it. And I, I got to get a sister kudos for that, that particular thing. Um, there's a book coming out that talks about her as well. That um, She she pretty pretty much made, made uh, Barack step out there on the, on the, on the, uh, the, the forefront of the, the Trayvon situation. And the Secret Service guys that are, that are around them I basically said on a lot of occasions she's made them step up to cause causes that have to deal with us. And for him to, him to take a side and, you know, to, to 
go on the attack and be aggressive against the Republicans versus letting them just take shots at them. So, you know, in that, you know, they, they weren't coming from a negative standpoint. They were just saying that um, she tells him to do something. He basically does it. But as far as him doing some things that are geared towards black folks, um, it's coming from her. Okay. I understand um, where you're coming from with that. Um, No, 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 no. Your response is valid and everything. Um, I I, I understand where where you're coming from. It's just that my point is, is what I'm trying to explain is, all right, say you want to go to him, and I understand the benefits, the industrial benefits of, of, a, of a, a crop like hemp or even a crop like bamboo. Yes, sir. Uh, the regenerative, the fibers, the, the fabrics, the industrial benefits of the, of, of the entire plant is what I'm trying to explain is that I, the industry is growing, but in terms of our people, are we to the point to where we're unnatural, in a sense? And I'm not talking about us in the family of nations. I'm talking about the people we have to convert into this industry, into this viable means of looking towards nature as a new form of sustenance, or the only form of sustenance, I should say, to balance out the oppression we're getting from industry in of itself in terms of the pollution, like you said, with the carbon credits and what we can reap, the benefits that are exposed, is their genome? Are, are they adverse to that concept? Because of the actual nutrition that they're getting is not based on that platform to where they can't see the holistic aspect of any plant, whether it's the peanut the fucking sweet potato, whatever we're dealing with. You understand what I'm saying, Bridget? Yes. Like, I understand yes. what Michelle and them are doing with the, with the, with the new generation to try and, and revamp them. And there's a small, and you see what I'm saying is that's a small platform of sort of intellectually or um, alternative-minded people that are emerging in amongst the society, but that's not the masses of the world or the masses of our people. And I'm just wondering, has their diet affected their mind in such a way that we have to really address that issue when we talk about crops, food, planting, because we make it seem as though, because even with us down here, we're doing the garden I have nine acres down here. I got 54 acres um, available in Arkansas for planting. I've been wanting planters, people with seeds, um, soil developers, all type of people to come down and help with this project. But at the same speed, it's it's almost like speaking to the choir. Um, In reference to the the video that Sarnetta and them just put out with the images of the comparison, or I wouldn't even say the comparison, i say juxtaposition, um, the three-part juxtaposition, the matrix with the um, Jesus Christ, Malcolm X, and um, Marcus Garvey image, images. 
express that right. And the amount of people that were so embedded to the Jesus Christ narrative as their God story and um, their version of reality makes it almost, I don't want to say impossible, but are we are we making it seem too too simplistic in terms of the people we're dealing with because I'm using that comparison as an example of how psychologically they are transformed, but how how genetically are they transformed by the diet to where when we actually reference nature, carbon credits, food, lifestyle, and all these issues, are we speaking to the choir? Because I'm on your team, brethren. I'm not challenging you in that sense. Like, I'm not against what you're saying. I'm 100% for what you're doing. I'm on your team. But when they started out the show today, they talked about the Schmurder movement, <laughs> um, the the red pill, and how the youth, and, and where I'm at now, the amigos, and it, it, it's certain things that, that, and when I say the youth, I'm not talking about people that are 16 and 17. I'm talking about people that are 35 to 23 years old are in a culture that the 16 and 17-year-olds are running. And, and I'm just wondering if, if, if something has gone on with our people and this food to where we're kind of oversimplifying, if you get what I'm saying. And, and even in, like, like, I'm wondering if there's a way with what you're saying. I'm trying to work with you is what I want to get out. I don't want the people to think I'm challenging you. I'm trying to work with you and, like, how can we really present this outside of the way we dialogue? You understand what I'm saying? To where people that understand smarter or understand carbon credit. And I hope that makes sense to what I'm saying. You get what I mean? Because we understand both of those okay. worlds. But they let don't. Me, let, me, let me address something there. Okay. I think, um, and, and, you know, we're just presenting opinions. But well, my opinion, and I've, I've had that and this particular opinion for a while. Um, there was a uh, Nation of Islam brought Minister Farrakhan to Houston once well, on a number of cases. But this particular occasion I went and they had him at um, Texas Southern University here in Houston. It was filled. It was about 7,000 people in there. You know, and they do that past the bucket thing, you know, um, around, you know, Kind of, you know, that to, and they're, they're taking up a collection like that, and so I just started looking at that. I was like, you know, seven thousand people. I was gave a great speech. What if they just said, you know, what we're going to take this and we're going to start a company, and everybody that's in here is going to be a shareholder in that company. And you know, and I've I've kind of had that. Maintain that thought for, you know, yeah, 15 to 20 years. And um, the only way that you can, with our people at that age level, man, is to get their attention, is you've got to attract them to something, unfortunately. 
And so, um, I, not, not that I, I'm, I got it all, but uh, when we first started talking, I was working on something um, that dealt with that, that particular type of model, how to establish a model that allowed for people to become uh, shareholders in, in something, and have some ownership in something that meant something, and have some value. And um, it's, it's, right now, it's, it's work taking off. Um, matter of fact, it's taking off in a big way, and it's not. Um, uh, I don't see it stopping. So when, it's, when it comes out the gate, I want to be able to, sh- to take that model and, and bring it to the table and show that we, we could take this very same model and do something collectively together to attract those people who we normally wouldn't be able to attract, you know, to get their attention. Because it's really ultimately coming down to it, it's going to be about money, you know. And yeah, you know, yeah, Bridget. I want to really say I, I got to chime in. I'm sorry to cut you off, Bridget, but what you said, the logic behind what you just said, and used a nice phrase because it was financial oriented in the metaphor when you said shareholders in a right. business, and it means that they're shareholders in a culture. Right. Like that culture is their value. So from what I'm what I'm hearing you're saying is you're offering them another value oriented culture that where that 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 that, that sense of, of being of collectivity that you were talking about earlier and organizing is geared towards uh, uh something financially viable. Because right now what's financially viable is is whatever movement is functioning in the media. True. Am I correct? Yes, sir. Because that's how I interpreted what you just exclaimed or stated. And I and I, well, I, yo, I'm and like, yo, that's on, right, that's good. You're on track because the primary thing is how do we break down those um, strongholds, the Jesus thing, and all those things that exist that keep us separated, you know, and we, we don't move forward. And, you know, my, my thought of it is, is that we create something that does not have an identity that identifies with anything in particular other than food, other than feeding ourselves, but also it will be beneficial to everyone who gets involved that looks like us. It's going to be beneficial financially. It's going to be beneficial from a health standpoint. be beneficial educationally. Know, to, to their to, our, to their children and to our children, and there won't be any boundaries set up in it that says you're this. So we don't necessarily uh, deal with each other, you know. And that's been kind of the thing that has kept us apart. Is we, we got all these groups that um, don't deal with each other because I'm in this particular group or I'm I'm this I'm even in the church, it's, that, it's, it's, look at that bullshit. I mean, you got Methodists, you got Baptists, you got all that, you know, and they're all separate on Sunday morning, you know. You know, so, no. but food, food, and food and money, and you bring them together, um, and we and we know that what we're what we're getting at is to create a health, healthy food, some healthy food, some organic food, some some um, even beyond organic, because even that bullshit within itself. You know, 
um, uh, foods to, to be able to, to feed our people but also let them benefit financially from it, regardless of what organization or what group or what entity or who they, who they even decide they want to worship, you know, we, we, can, we, can, um, we can make some changes. And that, that's just my, my opinion. And that's the, if you take a look at, um, that's, that's just the route that the Twitters have gone, the route that the Google, Google has gone, all those different entities that have done very, very well. They've come up with something that works for a number of people, regardless of what religion they are, you know, what nationality are they are. They've got something that works for them, and it works for these people on a daily basis. If we take a look at that, what's, what's keeping us separate is our groups, the stuff we belong to. And if we could we create some entities that would allow us not to have to deal with that and not to have to have that be even in the forefront, we, we're going to make it. Now, I got another question, and I don't, this might be um, something that a lot of people in the conscious community don't want to deal with, but I'm going to bring it out. Um, I want to know how you, because you mentioned the, the hemp, and when you say hemp, normally people mean industrial product. Now, what about the fact that they're legalizing this medical marijuana and recreational marijuana in numerous states and placing it on the ballot in numerous states that haven't um, issued a referendum or some form of medical or recreational legalization and that the majority of the people that are reaping the benefits are not our people, yet if you go to the Chronic Album if, uh, from Dre, from Bob Marley, the actual promotion of the product comes from us and that there's a stigma behind people in the conscious community or in the investment community actually getting involved into an industry that they're legalizing after so many thousands of our brothers have been pulled over, detained, given tickets, locked up, put in jail, placed in custody, arrested, life destroyed, job destroyed, probation, parole, everything we know over some marijuana. And they weren't really involved in any crime. They're not criminals. And now this thing is becoming legal, and somehow there's a stigma with us opening the dispensary that only conscious people go to and uh, maybe using the money from that dispensary because the federal government don't like the money as investment money and financing that in other forms through the state to legalize, but actually using this platform. Because we have a lot of people in the community that actually partake in the benefits of marijuana, and we can't act like that's not a joke. And they're still going to jail. They're being prosecuted. They're being pulled over. Um, we're not investing any of our resources in it. Yet I would say at least 80% of the people in our community uh, are affiliated with marijuana in some form or manner. And I'm wondering if that's another means, cash crop, a way that we could finance things in our community, um, have you know, people that's growing it properly and none of this industrialized 
artificial thing and the conscious community come into specific dispensaries in states where this thing is legal to um, partake in their medication, as you would say, and not um, indulge in what has been a creativity but has been, you know, a major part of our culture for generations. And um, the product in its medicinal uses, as you already have stated earlier and explained, has extraordinary applications in its industrial uses. So I just wanted to um, ask that question also. In terms of... Um the dispensary side of it. This this is the thing with that the, the dispensary side. Um, typically, when there's something that's going to be hot, it comes out uh, that's going to make a lot of money. You know, when they and especially something like this, when legislation has to be involved in it. You know, there's no um, uniform legislation at this point for for um, recreational or medicinal marijuana. Medicinal marijuana has a close uniformity, but overall there's no uniform um, type of um, laws in place. That each yeah, state yeah, it's under the state, state code. Yeah, right. So each, each, state, each state has its own different thing that it's doing. But um, in order for us to participate, you've got to come up with a million dollars. And what that will allow us to do is be able to um, get in when they when they have the, the options and the bids for for the um, the licenses. We can show the wherewithal financially to be able to participate. Outside of that, the only the other way of getting in and investing is you'd be surprised, but man, there's um, probably twenty to twenty five companies trading on um, the um, small cap stock markets that are. Cannabis-based company. What did you make. just say to the people that the cannabis trading companies are in the stock market and we're not getting none of that money? Did you just tell me that? I just told you. Did that. you just put that over the airwaves to the people, Marijin? Yes, I did. Yo, all the people out there with the minds, if y'all don't hear what the man just said and y'all don't start getting some money, something's wrong with y'all. Y'all, Bridget, keep talking. I'm sorry to interrupt you. That was just an incredible statement you made. Cannabis Financial Network is what you should look up. And that's going to give you a list of cannabis-based companies on um, the stock market. And um, so when when I was... Emphasizing hip, I was emphasizing it being the natural play for us to be able to get involved in because when you, even though recreational cannabis and medicinal cannabis is going to be, going to be worth billions, hemp is going to be worth four times that amount. So I'm saying, okay, we can't, we don't have the ability to come up with a million dollars right now. Let's put ourselves in a position to be ready for when they when they legalize the hemp. And we are already got what, our ground our ground turned over, ready to start planting and going. 
You see what we just did, people? No, no, you see what you just did? You see, our people understand herb. They understand the food. They understand the chiba chiba. You know what I mean? Go back to um, old school, school ED. They understand the chiba chiba. They don't understand the M. What? We understand the M. Now we done put it in a dialogue for the smarter people that's out there listening. They understand now. Oh, okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. They understand the full. So keep talking, Bridget. Yeah, this is what we want to hear about now. Like, like you talked right. This is good. Let me open up Brad's line real quick before you continue. Uh Oh, yeah, go on, man. I'm sorry, B. I'm just up building with the Bridget. Yo, yo, big guys come, Bridget. I'm going to talk to you all after the show, Bridget. Wagwan, Redfield. Wagwan, Brady. We're there, I'm not. We're there, everybody. We're there, 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 we're Yo, let the bridge go on and talk, though. The bridge in there build right now. Make the bridge build. Yes, man. Yo, go on, bridge in. What y'all talk about, bridge All right, brother. Well, you know, the bottom line of it is this, bro. Um, we all know about Marcus Garvey. You know, we yeah. know what he did and what he put together and how he was able to, to um, galvanize our folks throughout this whole country, you know, um, under an, uh, under an ideology that was about moving forward. Now, he sounded an alarm, and that alarm wasn't wasn't really heard by the bourgeoisie class. You know, that alarm that that alarm was really heard by the workers who who understood that here was someone who looked like them that was talking about a better way and that we can invest together in these things that we could have. Well, you know, when I when I mention the hip part, there's a second piece to that. I'm not just talking to you about um, sending somebody to go jump on some cannabis talk, which they can, and you probably, if you do your research and you do your study on the right thing, because there's a number of ancillary businesses that are in that industry, meaning not just cannabis itself, not just growing it, not just selling it out of the dispensary, but all the other businesses that circulate or, that are coming up around that um, are, are, are entities that you can become pro- profitable by doing your research and take, taking a look at. What else is out there? They, they, got, they got all types of stuff, food that they're making out of this stuff that's edible that you can eat, you know, um, but when I when I my my thoughts are that land that we talk about doing, you know, that exists and we're gonna grow something, we need to be on the stock market too with it. You know? We can do that. That's the that's that's what I'm getting at. And yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's what I'm hearing because everybody know like, you know, Henry Ford made a Damn, they made a car out of him. Everybody know it like him. Right. But what you're right. getting at is how the legalization and the actual financial applications of this is an industry that has a low overhead to get involved with. 
but a high return and has so many benefits for future applications in the society. Like it's going to be a permanent part of the society the way it was before they tried right. to suppress it to introduce their industry and their DuPont-oriented chemically processed um, products that cause the pollution that they use to try and replace the end products. Exactly. Can I add on to Okay, go ahead, brother. I was just, it's interesting how a lot of things are beginning to become, going back to what we're saying about things being centrifugal, the full circle. They are bringing back the, uh, like Budo just said, they're bringing back the crops back into the fold, back into the conversation, back into the culture, back into society as we had it aboriginally and indigenously. All, when you study technology, what they're doing with the peer-to-peer, what um, Airbnb is doing, what um, Uber is doing, everything that they're doing, it is, it's indigenous, family. It, it goes back to what we used to do as a community. Crowdfunding is indigenous. That's communal. That's ancestral. You, you understand what I'm saying? So everything is coming back around. They're, giving, they're glossing it up. They're Web 2.0 in it. They're putting logos on it. Shout out to Buddha Clean. And doing it is, is, is sort of like you, you, you're looking at it like it's not yours. You're looking at it like this is not what we do. You know what I'm saying? Like brother, like brother Mike is trying to build with you, it was easy for Garvey to come along and to, you know, indoctrinate the people with the idea of coming together community-wise, a communal, you know what I'm saying, because this is something that we were used to before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He spoke their language. You know, and I'm, I'm just identifying. I'm sorry. I got something that I, right. I want to drop. Indeed. My my thought is we shouldn't fall into that trap. You know, they already they've already kind of um, trapped us and messed us around by incarcerating us with with um, marijuana in the first place. We shouldn't even fall into the trap of even though they're legalizing it even though they're doing certain things to it, when they fully figure out a way to, to um, create a tax based off of this nationwide, you know, we don't want to be the ones growing it. We want to be something and something that they're not even taking a look at, period. Because it's going to be available to go buy, so we don't necessarily have to grow it, but we can grow the thing that's going to even be greater than that, something that will, will benefit more of mankind based on its uses. You know, we know we know cannabis has its medicinal uses. We know it has has um, um, a number of different uh, positives and pluses to it. But when you have something that, that is um, has two thousand usages, we can't turn our backs on not putting that in the ground and growing it. All we need is good soil, some water, and seed. Period. You know, and no. Just no, 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 no. Let me explain to you, Bridget, real quick, because this is what I'm talking about right here. All right, when I was in Los Angeles, and I'm there in Los Angeles, right? And then legalize everything in Los Angeles, and we go and give me dispensary card. I'm go, I'm go to all the dispensaries. I'm go to every dispensary, my lord. I went to two dispensaries owned by a black man, owned and ran and operated by a black man. Every other dispensary I went to was ran by Armenian. I'm not lying to you. An Armenian pretending he was a Russian. 
in Los Angeles. About 60% of the people in the line were black people that lived at least 30 miles away from the place they were going to purchase at. What I'm talking about is if our people are doing this, why can't we in the conscious community just solidify this? Like, yo, whatever tax they want to put, if you in New York, if you in well, New Jersey, if you in um, D.C., if you, if you where it's legal at, there's the such-and-such such dispensary that is grown by such-and-such such grower and all, everything is organic, nothing is irradiated, it's for the people. All that money is placed into a bank in this state. That bank is bank is owned and operated by these brothers that issue loans in the community of that state for businesses is what I'm talking about. Like a very simple way to use the process that they say, okay, this money's legal, the federal government don't want it, the states are taxed, it's all right, let's open up these places in these states and put the word out that if you really in our community, don't go to none of them other spots. Straight up. Because that's what it is, is marketing. Go to here, because you're doing it anyway. Go here, and the people right. that's here is actually will give you a loan for your house. They'll give you a loan for your business. You can go in there, and you're going to talk to black people that run the bank. You're going to talk to people from conscious community, and they have a financing source that the federal government don't even want you to to put in a, in a, in a federally-backed bank. They have the financing source to where the, 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 they have the, the, the cash. Right. What I'm saying... What and I'm it's saying legal is, you know, within the limits of right. the state. That's what I'm saying. And on, I'm Buddha. saying mad people rape our community over this, this product for frivolous yeah. use. Goes, Not for the industrial use, for frivolous use. It and goes, it's making more it money. Goes very deep. This is what I'm saying. Look, we started a great dialogue here. Oh, I'm we'll sorry about that, that Reggie. I'm going to get no, off the air we'll, and free we'll, up the air. No, don't get off the air. Stay right where you at. It's cool. I'm just saying that we're going to dialogue off air. We'll take it to a round table, think tank, because there's certain implications that we have to consider, like whether putting those proceeds into Bitcoin is a good idea or things of that nature. What I am saying is that but the brother brought the introduction of his conversation was about credit, and that's necessary to get these things off the ground that they're talking about. I don't see nothing being able to move without taking care of that first. So we're going to take... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll feel you. Yeah, I'll that's the foundation of it. So we can empower the network with the credit, you know, repair the credit, so we can move and have these options to say, or I want to do this and I want to do that. And everything that we're meeting at the table and talking about is now tangible. Some of these things are great ideas, but they're not tangible because we don't have the credit, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to jump out and get the necessary uh, machinery that we need or, you know, get the loan to snatch up the dispensary or whatever it is that we're looking to do. I don't want to deal with theory at this point. So let me check no, a few well, more calls. When the brethren said he needed a million dollars, he put the argument right up there. He showed you the insurance, the backing, what you need to back the bond to get in the business, yeah. and, and, and that's real. I understand all of that. Yeah. I, I I was just responding to 
like I just wanted to let the brethren know that I wasn't saying like we need to get locked up into just that aspect of the um, herb or the the plant yeah. in terms of the oh, hip I was just oh, no, saying like I've I seen so many brothers being raped by that aspect of the hip plant that it just it, it it destroyed my consciousness kind of. That's one you of the reasons I left point. LA. Yeah, by the weed you made a very plant. compelling point, brother. Yeah. Let me open Probably up. Probably made a very compelling point, though. So, right. I mean, I, I, uh-huh. I heard everything that he was saying, and I agree with him. Yes. So open up the line, Reggie. Yo, I'm a, yo, I can't wait till we get off the line. I want to reason with the <laughs> Reggie. I just want... I just want the brethren to know I'm not against No, no, I, I want you to, I want no, no, you to, no. this is a round table, brother. I want you to remain. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. You are. No, for real, though, man. Present. I was, when, when I seen what was happening to the black community over the marijuana plant in Los Angeles, that was one of the reasons I was like, yo, I'm out of here. I don't, I don't even want to get into it, brethren, but it's just crazy, man. It's, it's got a lot more crazier that than that. Trust me. No, you when know, people were going to go to those dispensaries, Blue the people away. not paying their rent, not feeding their children to be in a dispensary. Real talk. Wow. I already know. I already know. You know what I'm saying? But I think that this is at root of what we're talking about overall, period. Yeah, yeah, I know. Why I'm aren't sorry, people, why, why aren't No, why aren't people empowering themselves? Why do we only see ourselves as consumers? Why don't we look at the things that we do recreationally as businesses? You know what I'm saying? We were told yeah. if you was endowed with a particular skill, then that skill is to be able to pay your bills. Certain people's skills are smoking weed. I got a skill to roll a blunt. You know what I'm saying? I got a skill where I can knock down eight blunts back to back. That's your skill set. So why aren't you incorporating it into your lifestyle? Why aren't you incorporating it into your modem of operandi where you're saying, okay, well, if this is what I'm doing, I'm going to benefit from it because, shit, I could get a car that grow 100 plants. I could smoke 20 and sell 80. Like, that's logical. But why are we thinking with logic? You have an answer for that based on logic. Brother Singleton has an answer to that based on credit. So we need to merge these concepts together and come up with a solution so we can move forward and empower people because I don't want to have the same conversation six months from now. So No, no, you're real about that, just, Yeah. You know, you know, we got what it takes. We just got to unify these ideas and actually make a move on it. And I think that what the brothers offering is a great start. And what you're offering is a wonderful start. So, family, no, you got I'm a with, wonderful... I'm with what the brothers said. I'm with yeah. what the brothers said 100%. 100%. And Red, you back on the line. Red. Yeah. Well, tell you there. Uh, I'll wait for the brother to kick in. The phone line to kick in. In the meantime, in between time, let me just open up another line. Call up from the 314-314-828. Call up, please. Uh, what is he doing for his birthday exactly? Greetings. Call up from the 314. You are all on the radio. Peace. In Orange County? Are you there? Weird. Huh? Why is it going all the way the fuck out there? That's really kind of bizarre. Paula? You alive on the air? Call the peace. 
All right. Let me get back to that caller. Caller from the 504-975-504. Caller. Peace. Welcome to No Peace. Peace. Peace, Peace, family. Peace, family. Peace. Y'all can hear me? Yes, indeed. First Welcome. off, I want, give a, I want to give a shout-out to Kings County, Kings County Clothing for holding it down, giving us that real indeed. culture in the fashion. Appreciate that. Secondly, I want to give a shout-out to A.A., Man, AA for holding it down, giving us that knowledge in the PJs and the Shout Bible the phone, even when they knock the PJs down. And secondly, I just want to back on what the brother is saying by saying this, as far as from the financial industry and uh, stock market, I would say this, that even if you only bringing in 28K for the whole year, get your wisdom to open the account whoever you know in your family that's got fair credit and start doing your research on these stocks. Cause I'm, I would tell you as a living testimony right now, I got in when them stocks were all in the beginning and I ain't saying I made nothing yet to where I can go and build a building for the family. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is family, we might not be able to get no dispensaries opened up right now, but the financial industry market is an opportunity right now. And it's an opportunity because you don't have to have a lot to get in on a company. Do your research, put all your money on one company, and I promise you, you will make yourself a profit. They're trying to tell the masses and the people who ain't got no knowledge, oh, don't put your, you know, don't do this, don't do this. But I'm speaking from experience and from what I see on a daily basis on where I work at. And trust me, when you got billionaires and millionaires putting their money on shit that they're trying to tell you not to, they know what's going on right. five years from now. So listen, family, find somebody in your family who has fair or at least enough credit to open an online uh, brokerage firm account. And you can put $500 in. Come on, y'all can't tell me y'all can get $500, pick one company, and within five years, if you did your research on that legitimate company, you will be looking very, very intelligent. And I just want to piggyback on that because I've been listening there for a good minute now, going off about half a year. And what y'all brothers is doing, this is what my niggas needed in the projects before Katrina, after Katrina came through when they was infiltrating and giving all that David Ike bullshit and people was looking for the knowledge. This right here, what y'all talking about, is what the people you talking about, Buddha, need. They just need a little bit of translation on how to get in on these opportunities because the people in the streets, ain't no reason why people in the streets can't get in on this. It's somebody in each and every family that can get an online brokerage account. I know you can because I did it. So that's all I wanted to say. Y'all keep doing y'all craft. Y'all keep doing y'all. Yo, 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 hold, hold on, Reggie. This is Buddha. I didn't mean to cut you off. You in New Orleans. I knew when you said the 504. No, no. I ain't, in New Orleans. Orleans. I ain't in New Orleans right now. I'm in Arizona, I'm, and I'm a medical marijuana patient myself. But oh, they brought, oh you, 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 the, you, you're from New Orleans. <laughs> I'm from New Orleans. That's right. And I'm, what, I'm, what, what I wanted to tell the people over this is what I learned when I was in New Orleans is that um, the most black entrepreneurs per capita in America are in New Orleans. Like every brother in New Orleans has the entrepreneurial spirit 
because of the way the system is against them, the only way you have to make it is to do your own. And I just wanted to big you up as being a brethren that came on and exemplified that. You know, I hey. you epitomized that in everything you just um, stated to Every, the people, man. Everything each and one of y'all individuals do is priceless, and the universe going to take care of all of y'all. Y'all already know that. I just want the people who I came up with in the streets to get this information from the teachers who they're supposed to get it from. Because I will tell you this, bro, after Katrina, when we was back, when we came back, bro, you knew that they was doing something new and they ain't want to stuff. And if you go back now, for the people who live there now, you know the PJs ain't done no more. It's condoms. It's condos, 150K and up. So, Before Katrina, uh, I was on Indiana Avenue in the Ninth Ward. When I went back yeah. to New Orleans after Katrina, I was on in the in the sixth ward down on on Johnson Street. Yeah, I know project to go back to. I know exactly what you're talking about, Bridget. People have to go yeah, down there. Yeah, seven wall here, Saint Bernard Hall here, right here, baby. But listen to this, though. Y'all right, keep man. doing what y'all doing. All I want to say is, if each and every one of y'all individuals keep doing what y'all doing, man, because I'm telling y'all, no matter if it's north, east, west, south, listen, the people in the south. You know, I know some of my people in the South may not be awake yet, but they are some brothers, even dreadheads, our dreadheads. They awake. They was just looking for the information. At the time, it wasn't there. And I was telling AA this. I was like, man, look, when I came back after Katrina, man, look, they had all this David Ike bullshit. We was looking for the answers then because you know, that, that Katrina whole thing set off a wave, bro. They may have spread us out. But they could never kill a spirit, like you said. They would never kill that. So I just wanted to piggyback on this because I've been listening in, man, and I, I've been getting in on that stock market shit because you're right. It's it's us. This is our game. And we fools if we let it just take it from them. And I hear the sisters talking about, you know, they, they youngins getting locked up on the charges. But I'm, what I'm on is find somebody in the family. If we got to create our own company, agriculture company, and then you invest in that stock. And that stock had the strongest capital in it. You know what I mean? And they can't stop that. They can't stop it. So y'all keep doing what y'all do. I'm going to keep supporting. I'm going to keep supporting until the day I go on the other side. But, look, all I wanted to say is, is I'm proud of y'all, man, straight up. 504, proud of y'all, man. Keep keep doing it, straight up. Oh, no keep, doubt, keep, bro. Keep, Thanks, family. You know, I never got a chance to do this for the 504, man, but I'm going to do it right now. Appreciate it. We appreciate it. Family, dude. All right, salute. Salute, my brother. Peace. Peace. I had to big up my niggas in the 504. Sorry, my lad. We love them. No doubt. That's mandatory, brother. Yeah, I love them right. down there. I've been over all them wards, yo. So I love them, yo. And I'm serious about that. People need to know that. They don't know that most of the brothers in New Orleans have their own business. I mean, look at the same. I'm talking about 17-year-old brothers, 16-year-old brothers, 18-year-old brothers, 22-year-old brothers. Yeah, most of the people down there be on their own business, and everybody need to know that, man, and big them people up for that. They got a real serious entrepreneurial yeah. spirit. So I just, One when the second. brother said all that, it just yeah. vibed with me, and it resonated with oh, what the, the yeah. other brethren was talking about earlier. So 
All right, we That's got a awesome. minute left, family. Three four seven six three seven two one three five. Three four seven six three seven twenty one thirty five is the number that you have to call to venture with us past the uh, live stream. I've got a minute remaining. Three four seven six three seven twenty one thirty five. I want to go to caller from the eight six two seven five four eight six two caller. Peace. Welcome to Know the Ledge. Eight six two caller. Peace. Hello? Peace, yes, peace, peace, peace. Welcome to the I had y'all on mute. Yeah, what's up? What's up, brother? Been a, been a, been a, been a, been a, I ain't been a minute. And I just came in. Um, I came in. I came in kind of late to the conversation, but I know y'all dealing with economics, right? That's what the main. That's what the conversation. That's what the the, the main conversation is about economics. And um, I mean, the I, I know you. Uh, about economics. Yeah. yeah, I know y'all. Look, man. You know, you know something. What I was uh, watching the other day, I seen Dick Gregory on the Nike commercial, man, with um, Kevin Durant. I noticed that he, I remember one of the conversations, he was saying something about um, that Kevin Durant had hit him up or whatever. And, you know, that's a good thing, man. When I see stuff like that, look, when I see things like that, right, because, you know, a lot of them basketball players, they got the finances to fund a lot of this stuff, man. But, you know, a lot of them jokers, they not conscious. They so, they so busy doing what they, you know, they trying to do what they, they trying to be like everybody else, like be like these, these crackers out here and do what they do. They ain't trying to help nobody. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a chef, man, and I, I work for a catering company, man. You know, I mean, you know, I got to do, I got to do or whatever. But you know, I deal with nutrition too. You know, I didn't call them a few times. But one of the main things we got to do in our area is like y'all always say, we got to get our own businesses and things in order first. Back in like ninety and ninety seven, ninety eight. Right, I used to hustle, right, and I used to go through the World Trade Center every morning, and I used to walk past Charles Schwab, and I used to always tell myself, I'm like, you know what, I'm stopping there one day. And so one day I stopped in there, and I talked to a broker, and I invested. Like, I started off with, like, some commodities at first, like some small commodities, and I, I was making money on it, you know, but ultimately I wasn't really doing my homework on it, but I, I gained more than I lost, you know what I'm saying, and That's the thing right. my man was, my, you know what I'm saying, I gave more than I lost, and I learned something about it, you know what I'm saying. But we all, like, my man said something about um, the people, I'm joking, in New Orleans, they um, they um, they entrepreneurs down there, man. We all entrepreneurs, man. It's just that a lot of, like, up in the, uh, up here in the north, man, a lot of these jokers, man, they, you know, they, they lost, man. We lost up here, man. You know, we ain't trying to. Back when I was coming up in the in the eighties, man. Everybody, I live in North, man. Well, I live in I live in Exeter County say, in New Jersey. Okay. I'm sorry, so I would say lacking yeah. direction. You know what I'm saying? Well, because exactly. If 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 you look at the street hustle, that takes a level of ingenuity. That takes a level of entrepreneurialism, and everyone engaged in that in one level or the other. You had to be able to feed off the land in some respect. So that alone speaks to your ability to, to, you know, to fall in line with some sort of entrepreneurial spirit. It might have been misdirected. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. We're just dealing with a yeah. level of misdirection. And then now, yeah, no that's just in a way people are lost because the culture doesn't promote what he's talking about. The culture doesn't promote the same thing that it promoted in New Orleans, you know, for yeah. a master key or for a baby to come about. They had that culture supported that thing. You know what I'm saying? The way that they dealt with music was totally different. You know, with us in New York, 
it was kind of like a stigma to be coming out your trunk. It was a stigma to be on the corner swinging CDs. So because of the culture, they robbed us of that entrepreneurial spirit, right? The whole shit was get a buzz and go sign a label, go sign, you know, go sign up. Nobody wanted to be independent, and that was the way yeah, it goes. Yeah. Even though they seen no. Master P do it and they seen Baby get $30 million, niggas still didn't want to be independent. They still was running to get contracts. That's culture. Yeah, yeah, you're no, right. Yo, yo. Can, can I chime in on that real quick, Phil? Let me show you this, Phil. When I was, when I was down in New Orleans, yeah. before Katrina, I was, you know, I was down there before Katrina. I was in the ninth ward, like I told the brethren. And I was there chilling with the brethren, doing my thing, whatever. And I was asking them about this entrepreneurial spirit. And most of them, this is what they told me. They said, look, man, down here, segregation never stopped. So when That's we right. call cases, when we called cases, we really couldn't get a job anywhere, nowhere. McDonald's wouldn't hire us. So we, we were forced Damn. to get a business. So and then the black people that worked in the white businesses were priced out of buying with them. So they had to buy in the hood. So they had to buy from brothers that had businesses in the hood. They couldn't go work for the white people. And mm. that's how the entrepreneurial dis- spirit actually developed yeah. out of the, the, the forced segregation. That's why the spirit was right. different, whereas in the north you had a, a semblance of, of integration where other people came into the community that you could buy from. You weren't forced to buy from the brother. They couldn't get a job. Yo, when they told me that, I bugged out. Yeah, yo, I was like, yo, this is crazy. Hey, but look, hey, my man, no, you know what? Look, no, because you would, you would, you would, you would think there would be a negative with the forced segregation, but a positive developed in their resistance to it, and their and and, and to it, intuition to have a spirit of of of, uh, of of survival, which led to entrepreneurship, to where they just opened up their own things in the hood. Everybody had a bootleg. When I was down there, I didn't buy nothing from the regular store. I went to a bootleg to get everything I wanted. That was before mm. Katrina. After Katrina, when I went back down there, I had to get everything from Arabs. And them, they'll tell you that. And I, that I, like I, down every, I was like, yo, this is like New York. And all the Arabs that were, that were down there were from New York. And they were like, yo, who's this Jamaican? This Jamaican is messing up our problem. Yo, I'm not lying to you, my brethren. If you go down there now, the whole city, especially where the brothers was run, and the brothers know I'm telling the truth, is listening on the phone. Arabs run every liquor store, just like you in Detroit or you in Brooklyn or you in New York, to destroy their entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, baby, my man, listen, can I say something real quick? That's the same thing that I was saying, though, like in the 80s when I was coming up. Like I live in North or whatever. Like in the 80s, I was coming up, and we had black businesses, man. You know, even though, you know, you had little candy stores, everybody owned barbershops and everything. You know, that started fading out. Like you said, you know, when um, all these different mom and pop joints started coming in the um, hood, man. Where I live at, ain't nothing but Chinese stores. Like you said, Indians. It, 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 it's Indians that run the, run the liquor stores. You know, you got the abs running these these um killer um chicken shacks where they killing everybody with all this um fast food, people eating it every day, ordering this for their kids. You know, they they killing us in the hood, man. And like you said, we misdirected, man. 
You know, but I'm just going to leave on this, man. Look, I'm just saying, look, this information is getting out there. Like, you know, what I was, like I was saying, only thing we need, we just need a few more people just to start listening in on this, man, and to start getting it out there, man. You know, I'm, I'm here, I pass it on. I got, I got at least about right. 20 people that I done passed it on that, that, that listen to KTL or whatever. Whether they're kicking into the hood, that's a start. That's definitely a start. And tonight's program was about credit repair. You know, Brother Michael Singleton, our guest for the evening, is offering a service. It's priceless in my eyes because irrespective of what we're talking about in terms of these blockages, you know, people not hiring us, people being set up in our community, if we empower ourselves with these particular credit scores, we can go and get our own. And then we have, we have the ideas and we have the leverage now to go and, 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 and get it colossally, you know what I'm saying, go get it big, like really strike big, you know what I'm saying, not on no, no, no nickel and diamond, but really do our thing, you know what I'm saying, there's props out there, like the brother said, that have exponential yields attached to them, and it's to propel us into the future, and we can now, you know, we can water all of our ideas, because we got nothing but ideas, you know, you hit some of that hemp, you hit some of that, that married that marijuana and, and the cosmos can communicate all of the all this new light that's coming to this planet is new information, new ideas, <laughs> new base. We ain't gonna stop Indeed. coming up with these new ideas. But let's have the you know, let's have that currency in place where we can actually jump on it so these ideas are not dissipating into the into the air, into the clouds where somebody else is gonna upload it. You go online and you see somebody running with a startup with your idea. Those days is over. It's time to tap to these ideas, like lightning in the bottle, you know what I'm saying? Put our brands attached to them, formulate them, and roll them out, okay? And then the growth will start happening. Only only thing we need is one breakthrough. You know, the youth can pay attention to that, you know what I'm saying? And then they'll come. Build it, and they will come. We start they won't have them to do that. Together. We put that hemp in the ground. They're going to come. Yeah. We have to lead them. Yeah. We have to show the way. We got a trailblaze. They're not going to show up nothing that's not fair. They're going to be doing a smurder dance from now until, you know what I'm saying, the cows come home because they don't respect our level of intelligence where we could take something from A to Z. We're not taking things from knowledge to born no more. It sounds cute, but it's not actualizing. Once we actualize, once we you know, claim our space in this universe and put this imprint down, then you're going to see. You're going to see what it is. You're going to have to, you know, set up satellite communities to send people to because you can't fit everyone in your area. It's going to be like that. Why? Because we say so. I'm going to leave it at that. But I salute you, brother. Please continue to do the level of ministry that you're doing on the street level. That's where it's most important and where it's most needed at. You know what I'm saying? And we're gonna we just gonna connect at the top. You already know what it is, but I need you to listen to the show, you know, in its entirety because the brother offered some solutions and he has viable oh, services that he's offering as well. Okay. I'm definitely going back in the archives. I'm saying that's all I do is listen to the archives, man. Even I go back and listen to certain shows. You know, everything is not for anybody, but everything is related. So you know what I'm saying. The more information I get, the more the the more I can pass it on, man. But look, man, y'all doing a wonderful Bye. job, man. I, I definitely appreciate y'all, man. I be saying, look, I, I say your videos, you're one, two, five, man. You still out on the streets doing it, and keep doing that, man. 
Peace out to y'all, man. Thanks. Street Ministries, brother. You know what I'm saying? Where it matters most. We got we got a husband block. Got to be on the boulevard. The baby's got to see us. You know what I'm saying? The baby's got to see us. They got to know. And it's going to pay off. It means something. People probably can't see the forest for the trees right now, but trust me, we planting seeds. You heard? Indeed, 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 my dude, indeed. I'm, I'm going to give you your obligatory. It's only meant to know. You all right? <laughs> all right. Peace, family. Indeed, man. Peace out, man. Peace out. Love and light to y'all, man. Peace, bro. Love and light. All right, let's go. We got one more caller in the queue for the evening. Caller from the three four seven. Let's take it up top. Okay, that caller disappeared. All right, there we go. Three four seven nine five one. Three four seven nine five one. Caller, what it do? Peace. Yo, yo, yo. You can hear me? Yo. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, you better find the line, my you Okay, cool, 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 Medea. Yo, I just wanted to say, man, peace to everybody on the line of KTL University. It's a real online university. It definitely helped my life. Um, peace to the guy from New Orleans that called in, man. I was, I was in Houston um, about six months ago, and I met three particular people Hold on. in the business Did I was in. Hello? This you raised? Nah, nah, nah. This ain't you raised. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was going in on that last show, though. Yeah, For you real. know, we got to get an open lane. I'm like, oh, let me move aside. This you raised. He's about to go in. Yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm nah. I'm going stop raining. Nah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> nah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but I met three particular people for New Orleans, and they really touched my whole life, man. They do got that spirit that you was talking about, Buddha. You know what I mean? Um. Also, man, everything y'all doing, man, is great because when he touched on the binary, I mean on binary, on the stock market, through you and the Mooney Twins, the KTL and the Mooney Twins, I'm in there and I'm winning. Through the KTL University again, I got through to Terrence Miller. I now talk to Terrence Miller on the regular. I got teased. They're okay. in the ground. We're working on our second ah. Come on, Come on, man. <laughs> Listen, man. I, I'm serious, man. Yeah, this is y'all, y'all, y'all doing it, man. <laughs> I, I, y'all really doing it, and I, I just want to say blessings and all the love to everybody, man. Oh, man. Thank you, man. And we hearing y'all, man. We hearing y'all. Um, I'm, I'm blown away, brother. So that's you the real logo safety right there, Reggie. Yeah. Come on, man. We pushing this, man. We about to open it up, man, in Florida, man. I got some good brothers I'm around, man, and they tune in. And even um, a friend of mine, he actually started the first farm, uh, first um, organic farm. It's called Biggs Organic Farms of um, Pine Hills. That's in my little hood area. And, you know, we're expanding. I came back, and I see he got that, and I immediately built, got in touch with Terrence, and we we, we cracking, man, and we cracking. So, you know, we're going to expand this. I got some out uh, today. Oh, we crack it, man. So, you know, we trying to expand it. We got, we got, we. The energy is vibrating, man. So, I know once, once we get the example opened yo, up. Yo, yo, yo! You, you said you got, you got a thing in Pine Hills. Y'all got a branch yeah. down there. Where y'all located in Pine Hills? I'm right off of Silver Star and Hiawassee. 
Where the farm did it? Um, it's at it's at his spot. He got a he got a um, little property, a little house, um, right off of Silver Star. Yeah, right off of Silver Star Road. Silver Star in Hiawassee. Yeah, just Biggs Organic Farms. Biggs oh. Organic Farms. Yes. Yo, that should be over there by the Bravo. Yeah, right over there by the Bravo, right down the block from the. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> you used to stay down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be down there. Yeah, I used to be. Yeah, I'd be all over America. Word up. Word up. Yeah, Buddha, man. I'd be everywhere. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, 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 when you said that, I was like, yo, Pine Hills? Yo, me know what Pine Hills. Yo, you know, yeah, you already seem to be that. It's here Jamaicans over there. We out with them, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, man, for real. Yeah, uh, yo, yeah, next man. time we have Pine Hills, we have to go to the farm and meet you, yeah? Yeah, for sure, for sure, man, for sure, for sure, man. How can I get a contact with, uh, with you, Buddha, man? I've been listening to the show. I'm you know, really trying to just process what you're talking about, man. With the logic, man, and you know, I'm going over it, but it, it, it's it's sinking in. It's making sense, man. You know what I mean? By yo yo yo, you got the blue. If you get the blue pill number, the blue pill will tell you how to get in contact with me. Word. To so contact right. the blue pill, and then we get you in contact you with me. We don't mean no way about that because right now. now so many people that want. Contact me, my you over. Me just throw my line over the airwaves. Okay, Everybody okay. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You over? Yeah, con- you contact the field and the field forward you to me. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, sir. contact me yeah, and I like because we want to talk to you. Yeah, and I like right. contact me and I like. No doubt, no doubt. We can do that. All right. Do that, brother. Yeah, take my links right now. Okay. You ready? What happened? Let me know when you're ready. I'm gonna give you my number unless you got my number. No, I don't. Right, I'm gonna give Go it ahead. to you now. You ready? Three four seven. Uh huh. Five oh four. Uh huh. Five oh four. Yeah, fourteen forty four. Forty four. Five four zero fourteen forty four. Alright. You're done though. Yeah. I like me, all right? I'm going to make the link. All right. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Let's do it. I just thanks, Tommy. Peace. Yo, peace. Okay, we do have one more hand up in the call queue. Caller from the 678-755. 678, caller, Hey, you guys. How are you doing? Hey. This is Susan from Georgia. Youunk.com. Susan from Georgia. <laughs> How are you guys doing tonight? Good show. Are we doing wonderful, and you? Good. We got the good Susan, Susan. co-sign. This is a good show. Yeah. Are we doing our thing? Mike, you there? Wow. Which part of Georgia are you there? I'm in Duluth, Georgia right now. I'm up north. I used to live way south, Henry County. Oh, okay. And then my house went up in smoke. (laughs) You said Georgia. Anybody? No, I knew you. I just wanted to know where you was there because anybody that's in Georgia that's in ATL, they say ATL. So when you said Georgia, we know say you're not in the ATL. So I just wanted to know which part you was there. 
Okay. Well, I have a lot to say about all the things you guys were saying before, but one of the most important things is um, that gentleman that was on before, Brother Michael, you guys have to listen to him when he talks about credit. And let me explain to you why. Brother Michael made a comment like months and months and months ago, just a passing comment, okay, about building your credit. And he, he says one little simple line, which was, um, if, we, if we know that we can, <clears throat> excuse me, raise our credit just by the neighborhood we live in. And that was very important to me because I just lost my house at the time, and I was trying to rebuild my credit, of course. So because of the neighborhood I live in now, just that one tip from Brother Michael, my credit score went up nine points effortlessly without me doing anything wow. to it. Yeah. And I'm not even a customer of Brother Michael yet. Do you understand? So he has a lot. <laughs> wow. Mama's Mama's wow. Nine points? Yeah, nine points. Major. So from 7.30 to 7.39. So it's important to listen to what he has to say. He has a lot of knowledge. And with the support of us, you know, you, you guys, your platform, um, Buddha, your knowledge, and, of course, the listeners, I mean, we can actually come together, just our little group, and do something big. So just pay attention to Brother Michael. He drops a lot of gems. But in Georgia... You know, I hear a lot of people always talking about, like, um, the black community needs to come together and we're not supporting each other. And I always wonder, like, where are you guys at? Why, why you don't see all the different black communities coming together? If you go on YouTube and just type in natural hair, there is such a large natural hair community. <clears throat> they use crowdfunding. The women, your black women, are using crowdfunding and black support and black love to sponsor businesses. You have so many black hair businesses that are thriving right now to the point where even Disney picked them up, you know, and putting them in Target. People start business, women start businesses in their homes. I could start listing them for you if you want. But, I mean, so many black businesses are thriving. Here in Atlanta, um, the black elite runs this town. There's so many rich, wealthy black people, generationally wealthy black people here. But I don't know where you guys are at and why you're not looking, but there are plenty of black people supporting each other already. You need to jump on board. Maybe you need to look outside your neighborhood. <laughs> uh, um, I have a question today, but what is... Yeah. One of the things with capitalism and um, being successful in capitalism that people and what a lot of people refer to as the conscious community, but me as Buddha, I refer to as the family of nations, there are certain people, they can't get into certain investments or capitalistic um, interests because of their stats their principles, their precepts, their morality, their view on life. For instance, um, you said there's black people selling hair. No, if I, knew I, could, I 
I if I knew I can get a forty five percent return on selling natural hair to black women, I'd rather sell cocaine. Why? It's the same. It's the same thing to me, because of my principles and morality. Whatever you feel about, it's the fact that I have to sell hair to my women. You see, to me, the logic is the same. It's like I'm selling a drug. I'm selling something they don't need. I'm involved in a capitalistic exploit. I'm involved in a, a way to make money off my community that's, that, that's providing a service, but an unnecessary service, service that can be condemned in the same light that you can condemn a drug dealer that's selling the crack or cocaine. That's why, that's why I use that extreme um, metaphor reference or dichotomy. The whole okay. point is that there are certain people, right, that what you consider success. For instance, um, I couldn't be a doctor that was involved in the distribution of Pfizer medicine. Just from what I know in the conscious community, even if I was the, the, the best surgeon, if the hospital off, this is the, the problem I had with being an exceptional educator and, 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 and with linguists and, and literature and composition and rhetoric is that there's a compromise that, that, that fucks with your values. You, 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 certain things you just can't do. You understand me? And you're talking about the success in the black community but the proposition I'm pointing to you is that most of those people that are successful are involved in things that are antithetical to what we promote to achieve their success. Well, I hear you. I hear you, and I agree with you. But maybe um, when I said natural hair, maybe you misunderstood. Natural hair is in the hair that grows out of your head and they're not selling the hair. The natural hair community is a, a very large community of black women and some men and some Irish white women who um, support each other in taking care of their natural hair and educating each other, like hairstyles and hair products. I mean, these I women make products. I corrected on that point. I thought you meant natural okay. hair as a beauty marketing um, 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 thing, promotion thing of the false hair. As natural okay. hair, I stand corrected on that. I always will. The natural so hair community is grown, it's grown so large now that white women are flocking to these natural hair events. These are big tours. They start in Florida. They go to Chicago. They have huge ones in Atlanta. They do LA natural hair. You can. They do cupcakes and curly talk, and you have different brands like Love Naturals and. Pinky Curly and Carol's Daughter, like, there's I'm trying to tell you, it got so big that even Disney picked up a natural hair product to advertise with, along with that princess movie that they put out from New Orleans. So All right. So, then, rain. so that, would, that would be an example, then, where you're talking about of a way to get into an enterprise that's not yet exploited. I mean, we're in Target. The thing, what I'm trying to point out to you is if you look outside of where you are, you will see that there are large, large communities of black people 
who are very much into business. There was this there was this event called Focus 100 earlier this year where MC Hammer did a talk, right? And mm-hmm. There was this this event called Focus 100 where MC Hammer did a talk and they were talking about investing in black businesses and so on. And they were talking about the fact that black women outspend white men in technology, mobile technology. And they, we, we were trying to figure out how to mobilize that as a community and vote with our dollars. So there are a lot of people making moves out here. I mean, we just have not connected with each other. Things are happening, I promise you. Black people are coming together. There are black people owning skyscrapers and businesses and networks. It is definitely happening. You just have to pay attention and support. put your dollars there. Put your dollars behind people like Red Pill and Blue Pill. Put your dollars behind people like Michael Singleton. That's right. No, you're right, sister. Ain't nobody got nothing to say. You shut the give her a bomb. What y'all doing? Y'all wait. I'm wrong with y'all. I'm with Nobody can see it. No, I didn't like that. I was, I was, I was stuck. Like, uh, you know, when Susan speaks, I'm like, I'm in a different place. Yeah, yeah, forgive me. Nah, she's right though. Mm-hmm. She's right though. She's right it's though. Like, there are places for me to get yeah. in where the black dollar is not being exploited, and we do need to network on that. And um, you dropped a lot of things that people didn't know about tonight. That gives people opportunity that's looking for investment or insight or places to focus their attention. So I guarantee you, a lot of people go look up the MC Hammer talk right after you said that. I'm going to look it up when yep. I get off the board. I'm going to tell the focus. people that directly, straight up. It's called Focus 100. It's crazy. We are, we, you're women. We are outspending white men on mobile technology. And that's because your women are starting businesses. We have to. Yes. We have to yes. do it to support our men. The, uh, the our men. Our men are victimized yeah. all the time. The Mooney Twins posted that uh, earlier. They said that the, the biggest, um, you know, the, the, the largest market of startup entrepreneurs, rising yeah. startup entrepreneurs are, quote, unquote, black women. Yeah. Absolutely. We have to do it. We have to do it because our men well, yeah. are constantly victimized. Yo, yo. Yo, I got a question about this because I told the people before that the new money was going to be them. Like, people are the new money. And I want to know if, and I don't mean this in a negative way, darling. I don't want you to think this at all. Um, And I didn't mean that darling in a pejorative sense. I I don't want you to think this. But I want to know if the black woman's per West with that phone, you know how they can text you 300 times when, and, you know, they can break your code <laughs> and they could, they could find out every woman you have everywhere and they know your email without you ever giving them your email. I, is y'all progress with that? 
<laughs> one of the reasons that y'all are becoming the new entrepreneurs in that medium because the individual and the likes you get is what makes that marketable. It's about the likes and, and the application of the technology is, is more important than the people that create it because if you can't use it, it's, it, it's irrelevant. So you can create an app, but if nobody wants it, if the black woman hasn't figured out how to basically do it, how y'all move that neck, that's what y'all do with the technology. Y'all move that neck that way with the technology, you know, when y'all do the little swivel with the neck when y'all yelling at us. Um, <laughs> is y'all progress with the technology the reason, And if you understand what I'm getting at? No, but it's funny. Because <laughs> I, I, I've wondered that um, in terms of uh, I, I, I'm not from that generation, so I can't compete. You know, I'm technology efficient, but I'm not um, proficient as y'all what, are. What, gener- what generation are you from, Budoin? I'm 40 years old. We are in the same I generation. Just, I'm 34. I used to spend on cardboard. Back in the days, and you know, I listened to Black 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 Uhuru, and um, you know Bob Marley when he didn't have dreadlocks, and um, you you, you know, don't you don't want to Yellow Man was my favorite artist, and you know I know about um, Just Ice, and um, you know El Shabazz, and you know I'm from way back then, them days when you know. You don't want to start I'm, comparing startup stories with us, okay? I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I'm from which is I'm so appreciative of where I am today. I'm from, well, I was born in St. Andrew, Jamaica, okay? But I was raised in St. Mary's, Jamaica. Oh, you from St. Mary's? Yes, no. Where in St. Mary I'm from, we had no TV, no electricity, no running water. The first bathroom that I used when I was potty trained was an outhouse down the hill, Right in front of the banana walk, okay? So you know, we know about outhouse mm-hmm. TVT and one pipe water bath. <laughs> right. You know about know. one pipe water bath. Who you talk about? We didn't even have a pipe. We had to go down to the hill and get the water and bring it back up the hill. What are you talking oh, about? Yeah. They're like eight cups a day. Yeah. <laughs> My, my look, we my drinking about, water. We talking about tilling some land to grow hemp, <laughs> and these are the conditions the family comes from. I think we got this, right. Mike. I think we got this, man. I'm on, man. sorry, B. Yeah, the sister just started talking to me. We sorry, B. We shouldn't. Think of yourself, sister. You don't know. Don't know. So I came from a poor, poor, poor family. And we just, you know, yeah, no, I mean, no, yeah, 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 black women use that technology in a way. And what I'm talking about is not the creation of the technology, but of the mm-hmm. how you use it. Mm-hmm. And one of the people I know that use the technology are the best. And now the business and how is how you use something and how it's applied. That's why they even came with application. It went mm-hmm. from files to application because the app is the application they're applying it mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. the black woman applies things. 
in this society. She's always been the mover and shaker since the days of slavery. She kept the house in order. And it's like you're still keeping the house in order, not necessarily their house. You know, you're keeping our house in order or the financial house in, mm-hmm. in reference to the metaphor. But what I'm mm-hmm. saying is, and y'all progressed with the technology when you said that metaphor, I was just dropping that question to um, see if that was one of the reasons. Because to me, though you're not creating the video games and all these other things, the utilization, and I don't even mean just the way y'all attack the man, but in the manipulation, the popularity, um, the sexuality oriented towards the Internet yeah. and the phone Instagram, is around the black woman. Instagram the android mean of the, the black, black woman. woman is the phone. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I'm wondering that's if funny. that's why that comment was made in reference to y'all and the technology. You get what I'm saying? I do. I get what you're saying. I'm not sure. Because most of most niggas, I, to me, all my brethren that have a Facebook, they're corny. <laughs> no, if they have a personal Facebook, they're corny to me. If they have a business Facebook, they're real brethren. But like a man with a personal Facebook, that's strange to me. Like he's, what he, he is strolling for desperate women on Facebook because none of his brethren, this real nigga, is, is going to contact him on Facebook. That doesn't make sense. Brethren, I'm, I'm from the era where the brethren I know, we see each other every day. We don't even have to call each other. We know where each other is going to be. We don't need no Facebook. We don't need the technology. Yeah, so, the, world, the world has changed. So it doesn't Buddha. surprise me is, is where I'm getting at with this is that it doesn't surprise me that the black woman would be the center of the comment you made earlier in reference to technology and the use and of the technology because most of the brothers, there's real brothers, that's not our culture. That's really not our culture. Like we, um, like real brothers, if you were sitting around posting with your niggas on Facebook and you from my generation, niggas <laughs> look at you like you're a Baki man. Like, yo, B, you got Baki thing to see. What are you doing? Taking selfies. Posting what you're doing on Facebook. Yo, you well, know, Bobby Lon watching that, like, we don't let Bobby Lon watch what we do. What is you doing? Like, what, what, about, what about someone like Soldier Boy who... Blew up on he's my not from thing. my generation. He's from the no, Baki no. generation. Yeah, he's, he's from, from the, the skinny jeans. But he's from the skinny jeans ass out generation. I'm not from the generation where you could wear skinny jeans and have your ass out. Where you but just look how he like blew that. up. Look how he blew up from just a MySpace and Facebook poster to a YouTube sensation to be on the radio to turn That's the world. That's what I brought out about um, um, your boy Schmurder. He he found the beat. On, on the YouTube and popularized the beat that wasn't even licensed and blew up in New York. That told me that New York and the whole concept of music had changed when somebody could do that in, in the NYC, where you could take some off, like, the entire... That's why I was getting that earlier. Like, some the, the entire GMO has changed amongst the young men. And, and you see, I wasn't getting that, that there's something wrong with somebody using Facebook to do that. I'm just saying I'm from the generation that that's some shit women do. Like, women used to be on the, I'm from the generation where women stayed on the phone all day. 
You know what I mean? When women talked to us, we fell asleep on the phone. We had nothing to say. They used to laugh at us. We used to go to sleep on the phone, and they'd be like, you sleeping now, baby, and I'm not sleeping. Me there. And we were sleeping for the last five minutes while she was talking. I'm not from that generation where the Facebook, the phone, the posting is where we would look to even make finances. Mm-hmm. Like, if we want to make finances, we would invest in the Facebook. I would go and invest in the, the stock, like the brethren was saying earlier. I would do the credit aspects for the technology. I wouldn't use the application aspects. Like the younger generation, the more female-oriented man, the metrosexual niggas, the soldier boys, those are the niggas that are blow up in that medium. And that's what I was getting at. I was wondering if because of the black woman's progress with that medium is why the sales, the marketing, and the dynamics of the money flows into that because there's a certain generation of hip-hop niggas that that's never going to be like, I never had a MySpace, a Black Panic, none of that shit. Mm-hmm. Yo, you need to get that. What were you talking about, nigga? That's some faggot thing. That's some Batman thing. We don't do that. The girl them didn't have a number B. I'm going to change my phone every two, three weeks. I mean, I'm going to have a MySpace. I have to change that every other week. That doesn't make any sense. You see? But that, you can't, but I'm you from can't that stay. generation. Yeah, but that generation can't stay there. You have to progress. You have a very valuable message, right? And, and no, very no, no, good no. Thought. I'm saying the generations have to progress. I'm not getting mm-hmm. into the generation didn't progress or anything, but I'm just saying if your progress was with that medium isn't measured by your success with that medium, where... Like, what I'm trying to say is that when we were in the generation growing up, right, the women were more oriented towards communications. We were more oriented towards breakdancing, rap music, reggae music, playing the instruments, being men in the streets, a violent, macho, machismo. We weren't oriented towards communicating. Y'all were phone-oriented. Y'all did it in the barbershop. You guys didn't know. No, we, we talked. We were direct. We didn't use the medium of the phone the way the woman did. And this is what I'm trying to um, ask okay. you. It's because of the of the way y'all used the phone that that transferred. Mm-hmm. Because we were video game niggas. That's how we interface with technology. Even when you do, like when you make a, a record, if you use, um, the the digital components to make an album, it looks like a video game. The way the wave come up, the way you mix mm-hmm. the album, it's like playing a video game. Mm-hmm. You understand me? That's the way Thank we interface you. with technology. Technology mm-hmm. all had y'all from the phone. And what I'm trying to explain is that the phone is the center of the medium of communication now. And the phone right. is the main computer. And I'm saying if you're per West and you're your um, proclivity for the phone itself made y'all more adaptable to that medium now. You understand me? That's the actual interface for all technology. And that's why the black woman is the forefront and has the greatest use of that medium. Whether you create it or not, you have the greatest manipulation. You get what I'm saying? The application of it is more important than what was created. Mm -hmm. And so because you can get the black woman to use the phone 
to to be the selfie, to be the sexual dynamic of the phone, to 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 be in the, they're going to have the most interest in that medium. I don't know if you get what I'm getting at. I do. Mhm. Yeah, that was my whole point. Um, and, well, and, maybe and, that might that might be true. I have no idea. I haven't seen any numbers on it, but I mean, I just think the the women are using and men are using the phones and mobile um, offices just to support the businesses they would already start up anyway. Yeah, women and the metrosexual guys are using the phones and mobile um, offices. No, uh, all men. <laughs> Not just the metros, all men are doing it. Look, even, even yeah. drug dealers. Yeah, if I get a Facebook, you know, say me dead, right? Me can't get no Facebook. So anybody ever see Buddha with a Facebook, no, say Buddha done passed away. That's going to be my obituary book. Whatever, Buddha. You're going to be on Instagram closing off. <laughs> 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 but look, y'all, I want to... Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I got another caller in the call queue. I want to get this caller before time transpires. All right, you guys have a good yes, night. Thank you. Mark. Thank you, Susan, as always. All right? Thank, Thank you Susan. so much. You guys have a good night. All right, too. Susan. Bless you. Talk to you, Tyler. Shout out to Lake Cool. Peace. Let's go to the 602-602-586. 602 caller. Hey, caller. Yo, yo, Blue, what it do? You yo. hear me? Hey. Buddha, what's good? Y'all, y'all hear me? Y'all hear me? Yeah, my, you there, my, you know yourself. Okay, yo, all right, first off, yo, we always got to keep in mind, man, stars rule. So what I mean by stars rule is, man, what age are we in? So I'm hearing you rap Buddha and you like, you know, you going down memory lane and you saying your generation, your generation, got to keep in mind, my dude, start the stars rule. Like, Piscean doctrine don't work right now. So that's why these youngsters, they ain't hearing that, because they're Aquarius babies. And then keep in mind, too, yo, I was born in 83, and I really remember it was rough in the 90s. It, It was rough in the 90s. Niggas was mean. People was getting fucked up for jackets and sneakers and shit like that. Like, at the end of the day, like, these kids got nothing on the niggas from the 90s and the 80s when that crack was popping. Like, don't forget that. Like, it wasn't nice outside. Like, we always go back and be like, like, it was like it was just so friendly back there, and that's the golden age. No, it wasn't. Look at the murder rates in Chicago. Look at the murder rates in St. Louis and Compton and New York and Baltimore. It was fucked up. Like, you had to be super, super aggressive. And let's be real, the girls was tomboys. You know what I'm saying? Like, the women didn't look like they look now. They had fucking, they looked like T-Bars and TLC. They had big jeans on yeah. and big baseball shirts. That's, that's, that's number one. So we're, we're, we're in Aquarius age. Let Aquarius be Aquarius. That's number one. Number two, I don't mind black women wearing weave. I just want to control it. Until niggas stop smoking, who's going to sell it to them? Until niggas stop, until niggas stop reading Bibles, who's going to sell it to them? Until niggas stop eating pork, who's going to sell it to them? So you can say, don't do it, don't do it, but we 
might as well control the fucking market. I don't see the Jewish people telling their people, hey, man, stop smoking. You know what they do? They just control the cigarettes. I don't see them saying, yo, stop eating hot dogs. You know what they do? They just control it. I don't give a shit what we do as long as we control it. Hey, you're not going to stop our people from being porn stars. Control it. Control everything we do so we don't got to go outside for outside our community for anything because you got to like it or not. Polarity will always exist. There will always be people that are non-righteous, period. It's not, you know no, what I'm saying? And no, the, Bridget, and I'm laughing because I agree with everything you say, Bridget. I agree with everything you, you say. Saying? But, but, not, but, 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 but for real, if the black, I don't got a problem with the women wearing weave as long as we control it. The only issue is they buy it from Koreans. They buy it from people that don't look like us. That's the only problem. You know what I'm saying? You control, you control everything. Do you see Caucasian telling him people to stop anything? No, because he controls it. You're not Yo, Regin, I had a Regin the other day. He came to me. This is real talk. He came to me. He was like, <laughs> he a street Regin. And he was like, Yo, Regin, he do that thing from the 70s. You know what I'm saying? That bishop thing. That bishop. Mm. He, got, he got them big hats and all that type of vibe. And he said, yo, how can I do this legally? I said, just offer people the porno experience and tell them the poom poom is free. All you go do is, mm-hmm. is have them sign a release and you go film them doing the porno and block their face out and the poom poom free. I agree with mm-hmm. what you're saying. Like, I'm one of those mm-hmm. brethren. I'm one of those brethren. Like, I understand what you're saying. But I understand also that there's people in the conscious community that's like, yo, you niggas is capitalists. Like, y'all. So what? Y'all, so y'all. What? Ca- and, 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 and I want them to know that so what? what you it's just said, as long they, as they buy it from on, us and we control it, there ain't nothing you can say about it. Like, hey, that's why I was laughing. I was like, the brethren people- came with the right logic. That's that contrapositive reason that I'm talking about. That's check, how check Babylon moved. We can have I, to control what's going on in our community. You exactly right. Brother? I, I love check? what you're saying. Yeah, please, please, brother. Check, check, well, check it out. Know, for what the brother brought up a great yeah. point in terms of the control. And I'll give an example. You know, you know, we talked about the stock market. And we talked about different companies on the stock market. You take a look at Google. If you take a look at Twitter. Um, any of those companies that go on public, they don't own that shit. They control it. You know, all those companies are controlled. They're not owned by anybody because there's a number of people who buy into that company. But the people who have, a, have, let's say, a larger sum of shares, they control it. But they utilize someone else's money to be able to, to see their dream come through. And but that, that, was the prime, that point he just made about controlling, we we... That's the thing that we need to be putting in our minds, controlling every damn thing that we touch versus right. trying to own everything because you're never going to own it. You can control it, though. Control it. You know, control it. And that's, and that's the key, control. You know, and control. I mean, when he said that, I was like, okay, that, he, he made the, the, the best point of the night, in my opinion, because control is key. Brother Mike, I got a question for you, but before I got that question, what I want to say is, like, Buddha, check it out. And a lot of the, quote, conscious people, that's number one. We read too many fucking books and not the right books for the, for the conscious people. Like, like Black Panthers, they didn't read all their books. They didn't <laughs> read books to get them pistols. They didn't read books.
books and had and, and had the clothing programs and the medical and Mutulu and them was robbing banks and giving the shit to the poor. They didn't have time to be super intellectual. We know too many pyramids, but that's number one. Number two, yo, if any of the people are anti-capitalist, <laughs> then their only choice is to be anarchists. So if you're not willing to go and bomb the Pentagon like Bill Ayers and shit, then you might as well be a capitalist. There is no other. Either you're gonna fuck this shit up, or you're gonna be you're gonna ride with it. There is no in the middle. There is no indifference. Oh man, all you niggas about money. Okay, so where's your pistols? So obviously you talking about a coup then. So if you ain't talking about a coup, and if you ain't talking about getting under this money, what are you talking about? Oh, you just talking. That's number one. But um, brother Mike, what I wanted to ask you is, how do you build? I don't know if you addressed it. How do you build business credit? You know, like, you like you your LLC, like your LLC, like how do you establish your LLC credit so you can leverage that? Uh, I don't know if you touched that, so you know, so when you go and sit down with these banks and you get those those good lines, but how do you build not your personal credit, but your business credit? How you build that up? I mean, once once you get you register with DMB and get that number, that Donna Bradstreet number. Uh huh. Um, at that point, you got to find some businesses that you can, um, almost kind of like do a thirty day thing with, or let's say folks who look like us who who just got started, we just agree that we did we do trade with each other, and. Mm-hmm. We report each month that, like, for instance, I'm doing business with you. I report to DMB, but you paid me on time. And when you get at least four to five trade lines up where there's some type of activity on those trade lines, that's going to build your DMB score up. You want that score to be an 80, at least an 80. Well, it's called a Paydex score. You want that Paydex score to become 80. But you build it up by doing some trade. Like, you could start... You can go to Office Depot and get an account as a as a business, and they'll give you some type of line. You got to make sure you pay that because Office Depot is going to report to DMB on you. There are there are some smaller companies that will give you a line. There's some companies that will give you like net thirty. You know, some will give you a net fifteen to pay, and they'll they'll do the reporting for you. But you want at least four to five companies that will report to DMB on you, and that's it. Now, I have a Dun & Bradstreet. Yes, sir. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I have a Dun & Bradstreet. Now, does your business credit operate the same as your personal credit? So your personal credit could be a 800. Can you, does your business credit go by the same score? No, it goes up to you can get eight, 80. 80 is where you want to be at. You can get up to like a 90 to 100 payback score. 100 is mm-hmm. the highest. And okay, that's going to be business. really kind of based on the type of business that you're in. But the other side of it is going to be based on um, who reported on you and how they reported on you and they reported in a positive way. So like you, one of the things, you, like if you're in business and you got got your lights turned on in your business, you can't get that shit turned off because they'll report negatively to DMPR. Right. Now, now that, that so, okay, so, so now, so if your business gets the light turns on, that immediately goes to the business name and not the your personal that's, yeah, name. That's going to go on the business. You got your, like personal. Yes. Even if you, you got your lease, even the 
the lease is in your in your in your physical name. It doesn't matter. You can get the lights turned on in your business name. Right. Exactly. All right. Right. Because it's a natural person. The business is an actual person. Right. Yeah, it's a person. Got you. Even if it's mm-hmm. not a corporation, LLC too. It could be a corporate LLC. It could even be a trust. What about what about what's the benefits of S corps? Somebody's been trying to uh, tell me about you know the necessity to do an S corp as opposed to an LLC. Um, you don't get double. Can I have? Can I do both? Huh? Uh, with S corp, you won't be double taxed. So In would you recommend S corps over? What's that? Would you recommend S corps over LLCs then? Well, the benefit of an LLC is you can pass the uh, tax benefits on to each individual. Like, say, for instance, everybody in the LLC is a member. You know, the, the people who run it are managing members. And then if you bring anybody else in, they're just a member of the LLC. So the LLC went out and made a million dollars, and you have to put that million dollars up over four or five people in the, that were in the membership, the taxation goes along with it, too. Okay. Mm. Now, now in franchising, when you're looking to franchise, now I know, like, McDonald's has, like, high qualifications. You know, um, it's a 1.2 in assets and things like that, but I never really, I never hear people talking about the business credit in terms of, Franchising, what's more important, um, liquid money, assets, or the business credit? And let's say something smaller than a McDonald's like a Subway. What would be um, more uh, important than that? Well, in something like a Subway, liquidity is going to be important because you know, that only, that's only going to cost you about 150 k mm-hmm. Now, assets are going to be strong if you have a million dollars in assets, you'll be able to go borrow that hundred and fifty thousand and get that franchise. Right. You know, so it depends on where you are. You know, you got the cash, you go with the cash, but if you got the assets you can go get the cash. Mm-hmm. One more one more thing. With 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 countries that are bonded with the United States like the UK and things like that, Israel, whatever, does your credit follow you abroad? Um, to England, I'm sure it does. England and Canada, I'm, I'm positive it does. Because they, they have very, very similar systems. It's, um, it's something called, here's what it's called, uh, personal credit. Uh, I, think, I think it's experience. Is under what's called the Fair Isaac system. That shit was created in South Africa. You know, it's kind of got a little black box to it. It's not. It's not too kind of us. Let's put it that way. But there's ways of dealing with it. And um, I'm positive that if you went to you went to England, it may not be the same exact system, but they would be able to check to see how, what type of credit you had here in the states. Hmm. 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 In in legal cases, say you go to court for a DUI or suspended license, does your credit follow you to court? Um, 
Yeah, if if uh, you're in a state that they they place your um, your record on the file, yeah, it could. 